Is that the wrong audio? Yes, it yep. is. <laughs> I mean, it is a tournament arc. We're just... God damn it! <laughs> that is the uh, that is the tournament arc audio, isn't it? Episode 51, the podcast with no free agent she that shows up to fight bad anime. As I trip over my words. I'm your host, Ryan, the young girl trapped in the past with a harem of hot guys. With us today we have Chris, the young lieutenant who announced our engagement without my consent. We're getting married, right? And Dean, the deadpan lolly equivalent of Otome. I'm deadpan and also, actually... Here's the perfect one for that. I sound like a 14-year-old, but my boobs are huge. <laughs> hey. uh, it's not really deadpan. <laughs> it's not really Or dead. lolly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess lolly kind of counts if she's supposed to be 14, but the way most 14-year-olds are drawn in anime doesn't count as lolly. They're drawn like 18-year-olds. Right. <laughs> yep. So... <sighs> because that makes it okay. <laughs> <laughs> not really. <laughs> Well, I mean, in Texas, you I can th- get married at 14 with parental consent. So, you know, 14 is, is, is still the 14? Wow. Mm-hmm. 14 is the age of consent nationally in Japan. Most uh, uh, prefectures are they called prefectures, precincts? Yeah, I think prefectures. Of, yeah, yeah. yeah, most prefectures have uh, different higher limits, slightly higher, like 16 is pretty common. Which is pretty uh, no, common so, in the U.S., too. Um. Yeah, I just argue that the age of anime characters is irrelevant, and <laughs> my my biggest point for that is Yoko from Gurren Lagann, who is fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> It reminds me of a line from uh, My Hero Academia, which I've been working through recently, um, or continuing to work through recently, um, where they're at the hot springs, and this lady's like, they develop so quickly these days, don't they? <laughs> that's like a, that's got to be like an in-joke, because there's no, there's no indication on any... It, 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 anime has this thing where everything has to take place in high school. Even if this is a story about two 25-year-old people... If it's not taking place in an office in their work life, then it's taking place in a high school. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just a thing that happens. (laughs) Japan is just like a series of networked high schools. Um. (laughs) Actually, you're not that far off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and a a lot of anime are set in middle school, too, because middle Mm. school is the last required education. Oh, I didn't High know school that. isn't required. Hmm. 
Interesting. That's, that would explain why high schools have like tests to get into them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Beyond just kind of right. like, I want to get into the better one, but. Well, we have some anime to talk about today. Dean, you want to you wanna play the audio? I will play the audio. Uh, it's going to load for a second. And then... Here's how the Antifiles rating system works. Our hosts and guests have watched the first episode of the shows we're talking about today. Based on only that first episode, we'll answer five yes or no questions. Did the premise interest you? Did the production impress you? Did the storytelling impress you? Did you enjoy the first episode? Did the first episode make you interested to see more? The way we interpret the word impress can make the Andy Files rating system tougher than some. Being decent or merely good won't be enough to stand out, and some of us may have higher standards than others. Each question answered yes earns the show one point, adding up to a total between zero and five per host. All of our scores are then combined to derive a cumulative score between zero and 100%, letting you know at a glance if we collectively liked the show. And now, let's get to our first show. All right, the first show we have to talk about today is Domestic Girlfriend. Dean, you want to tell us about this one? I'd love to tell you about Domestic Girlfriend. Um, So, I'll tell you up front, I'm caught up on this show. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, So, we open on uh, a very Ghost in the Shell-esque, a couple of quiet shots of outside. Very quiet shots. Very, 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 very soothing and calm. And then we cut to a couple of quiet shots of a couple of things inside of, of a room including a used condom in a trash can. Yes, that was that. And yes, I reversed the video several times to ensure that I was properly understanding what the item in the trash can was. Yes, it was a used green condom. Um, not sure why I go with green, but that's what was done. The connotation of green being kind of beginners, maybe? I don't know. Uh, yeah, oh, actually, you're reading into it more than I would. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did read into it. <laughs> so we then cut to a uh, a girl getting out of a bed naked, um, shot in such a way that nothing needs to be censored because this is uh, this was just broadcast. This wasn't censored or anything. Um, and it's it's I say shot drawn, but she's getting out of the bed with this naked dude, and the naked dude says, "I just lost my virginity." And then we cut to the op. Which is actually pretty cool. I really like this OP a lot. Um, this, if this is the one I was thinking of, this OP was really fucking good. It's the one that has partial. It's it's like it's part OP, part music video, and it has mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the black and this, white music video sections. This oh it was yeah, pretty cool. This actually, is the, yeah. this is the one where in the OP it has um, it has the sisters texting each other. And it shows us their conversation. Yeah. Yes. No, that was, oh man, this OP was so good. And it shows us the girls. This is a harem. This is a, uh, this is a harem show. It's kind of a light harem show in a way because it's not just about the harem. There's actually a lot of really interesting shit that goes on. Anyway. Um, so, uh, it's also a relatively small harem. It's like, but is it just the two or is there a suggestion of like three or more? I there's, forget. There's it's four in the, the OP and there's a oh, third that comes there... later in the show. Uh, the fourth one in the OP we haven't met yet. 
Um, it's a micro harem. Yeah, yeah kind of, actually, <laughs> which is uh, sort of cool. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Not so. to be confused with the Pico harem, which is actually just a you know monogamous <laughs> relationship. But. Actually, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start calling myself that now. I'm, I'm no longer monogamous. I enjoy having a pico harem. <laughs> In any case, um, things happen. This dude goes to his friend and he tells his friend, "Hey, I lost my virginity to this girl that we were doing karaoke with, and she was socially awkward and didn't want to be there, so we walked off and we went to her house and we fucked." Um. And the whole thing was planned in an interesting way. Like, the girl was like, I haven't had sex, and so uh, people tell me, you know, you're going to understand things once you do things, and so I'm, I'm here to bone. And he's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And she says, yeah, I'm just here to bone. It's not a big deal, really. If you don't want to, you can fuck off. I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the dude's like, uh, I'm down, like any self-respecting young man would. And <laughs> he... he uh, he d- then goes and tells his friend, he's like, man, I banged this this chick, this was cool. And his friend's like, fuck you, man, I'm an incel, because I'm the incel friend, and that's what <laughs> our character is. And he's, he's, okay, fine, who gives a shit? So they move on from that. Uh, the dad, the dad, the dad of the, of the boy, the boy's dad, is getting remarried. And he's like, I'm gonna get remarried, and he's like, it's been ten years since mom died, so who cares? And that was a clever bit of exposition, letting us know his mom is dead. So we move ahead. He says, yeah, I guess go ahead. I mean, he's like, they're, they're here now. We're meet, they're meeting us tonight for dinner. And so he goes out. Oh, I forget to mention the boy also has a crush on his teacher. No big deal. So he opens up the <laughs> as <dad>. you do. <laughs> yeah, as you do. The dad opens up. The teacher seems relatively young and he seems relatively old. So it's like it's yeah, they're pretty they're pretty close together in age. Right. Mm-hmm. As far as age is concerned, it's not weird. The weird bits, the teacher bit. Anyway, so um, he opens call up that the door. And the, yes. I like it when you call me sensei. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and we get the impression that she's got some shit going on in her personal life. She's crying at one point and he notices it and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so uh, the dad opens up the door and the lady is there. Uh, looks like a late middle aged woman that he's been dating. And she's very kind and very and and seems sweet and 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 the dad's real happy to see her. So this you get the impression this is a great relationship here, and they're they're gonna get married and they're super excited about it. And then he looks over at the girl's daughters, and it happens to be the girl that he fucked and his teacher. <laughs> what a coincidence! <laughs> oh, it's so contrived. That's my favorite part about this. My my title for this episode is "They're Not Blood Related." Is the plot. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, he's, he passes out and they revive him and then they sit down for dinner and it's very awkward and the whole thing's weird. And then they immediately all move in together because the dad won't tell the son anything. And <laughs> he just springs it on him. He's like, we're buying a used house. We're moving in. <laughs> and he says, what? Rah! And so they all move well, in together at once. There was an interesting little twist there where, um, <clears throat> the the girl that he had sex with um like they kind of have this like sort of private moment when it's kind of like so this is awkward <laughs> um and she's like look um like that doesn't that didn't mean anything and i want my mom to be happy and like you know you do whatever you want but i think that maybe we should let our parents get married <clears throat> like so she's cool with it 
And so then he considers a little bit and then he's like, yeah, dad, you should go to go ahead and do it. And we're also um, led to presume she, she kind of points out, like, I haven't seen mom this happy in a long time. And, mm-hmm. and we're kind of led to presume that he feels the same way about his dad. Yeah. That he hasn't mm-hmm. seen his dad this happy in a while either, because, again, uh, dead wife. So mm-hmm. the well, that and being a single the, parent uh, and uh, having exactly. to work and support everyone. So astute listeners might have picked up um, on my favorite thing about this show. Which is everyone is a fucking rational human being. Mm-hmm. Yes, people make sense. <laughs> Amazing. And the fucking actually happens first. Like the fucking happened before anything else, <laughs> which is interesting. <laughs> but these people make decisions that people would make, and even though the situation is kind of contrived, everything is relatively logical. The the people. In this, in these situations that are contrived, because you gotta have a show, uh, the people who are in that contrived situation are reacting in a way that's that's true to not only their character but also a way that a human would behave. It's so good. I it was oh, so refreshing awesome. to watch. Like, just from the character writing, I was on board for this show. Like, really early before before um. We found out that his dad was getting remarried. I was on board for this show, like whatever it wanted to throw at me. Um, so then it was interesting that it felt like it had to go the route of them moving in together. It didn't feel like it needed that so fast, but on the other hand, it also sets up the conflicts way early on. It's just like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to set everything up that we need for these conflicts in... Uh, the space of about ten minutes. Surprise! We got a house. Surprise! We're moving. Like it, it, it. Sure. I think it kind of worked. But you know what show I want to see more is the show where he actually never sees the girl he fucked again, and the person his dad remarried has kids his age, but they're not people he's ever met before. And so, yeah, it's supposedly like none him... of them have met before, like outside of just the dad and the mom of the two girls. Like they've not. They haven't met in that context. Yeah, and like, how much better is this show if they legitimately don't know each other and it's just a show about him, like, struggling to live in a house with these girls that he doesn't know and, like, being a hormonal young boy, I can't speak. I think that (laughs) kind of, though, would undercut the sort of harem thing that they're going for where it's, like, he's already fucked one of them. And the other one he likes. And this is before anything else. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That was a twist that I liked a lot, actually. And and so I understand what you're saying, which is the that you get more interesting wrinkles if that's not the case. But at the same time, I, I really enjoyed kind of the way they went with it, which is... By the way, uh, can we talk about uh, Rui real quick? Because she makes sense to me in like a very real way. Is it really blue haired girl? Yeah. yeah blue haired girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Let me finish. Let me finish breaking down the thing and then I can talk about Rui. Cause I love Rui. <laughs> I love the shit out of Rui. So, um, they, they all moved in together and everything's awkward. And then, uh, that's, is that the end? Of, is that where it ends? <laughs> Uh, no, it ends with him. Uh, <laughs> it ends with his new sister, uh, older sister slash teacher, um, binging She's one evening. Out. Yeah, yeah She's she drinks pa- a yeah, lot. Drunks, uh, drunk, passed out on the couch. 
Right, and then he's gonna lean in to kiss her, and then the door to Rui's uh, room opens, and Rui walks out. By the way, can I just spoil the very beginning of the second episode? Sure. Yeah. Okay, he he tries to, at the end of the first episode, he's trying to lean in and kiss her, and then the door opens. Uh, trying to piss a, uh, pissed, trying to kiss a pass out woman. Uh, we can have our arguments about the ethics of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's technically much, sexual assault. Yeah, there's not much of an argument to be had. In any case, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> in, any, in any case, she opens up the door and she sees this kind of situation. In the beginning of episode two, she just walks over and kicks her sister off the couch. She tumbles to the floor and she's like, you got to go to bed. And she grabs her by the hand and drags her toward her bedroom. And <laughs> and our main character is like, shouldn't you be a little more careful? And she goes, I do it this way every time. And then she just like drags her to bed. Well, that explains the bruises. <laughs> I thought that was just hilarious, and it's a great way to start the second episode. Um, in any case, uh, Rui. Rui, Rui, Rui. Okay. This girl is... Uh, first of all, she, she's socially awkward, which is great for me, because I'm like, hey, me too. Let's, 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 let's have a character that I can empathize with. Thanks. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> she's very socially awkward. She shuts down conversations, like, in the middle, like, as they're starting to get going, she's so, uh, frank that she sort of just shuts the conversation down. She, people will ask her a question and, like, you know, do you like to read books? And she's like, hey, you wouldn't hear the stuff that I read. And it's like, where do you go with a conversation? That's exactly the way that, maybe not in that specific case, but that's the way that I'm tempted to respond to things all the time. I have to overthink when I'm talking to people, because it's like... What can I say that's going to be vague enough that the conversation can continue? (laughs) (laughs) And not just, like, answer all the possible questions right now and shut everything down. Um, In any case, she has to do that. And her, she has this, she's a character who, at the very beginning of the show, when we first meet her, she's telling the main character, like, people... People tell me that I'm not going to understand. And this actually loops back around on itself and matters later on in the show, uh, which is another great thing about this show is it doesn't forget anything it's done. Um, But she has this conversation with main character and and says, uh, people tell me that I'm not going to understand things. They don't want to talk to me about shit. People, I'm excluded from conversations and stuff like that because I haven't had certain experiences. And she's like, this is one of them. I want to have this experience. I want to fuck. So that I know what people are fucking talking about when they're talking about it. You know what I mean? And so uh, that's her logic. And it makes it's perfect. It is perfect teenage girl logic. It works like it feels real, Um, especially for the character herself. It's not like a universal thing. You know, 17 year old girls don't go around fucking everybody because they're like, I want to understand what sex is. It's not really the motivation, but (laughs) For her as a character, it makes sense. And she, um, they bone and she feels underwhelmed by it, which is also, uh, yeah, I think 90% of experiences losing your virginity is like, that was underwhelming (laughs) (laughs) because we both suck at it because we have no idea what we're doing. Um, 
Well, that in like in that particular case, there's no like real emotional intimacy either. It is That's just exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like if you know, there's a there's a weird thing that happens where, um, and I can speak, I can only speak to this from my experience. Um, I lost my virginity in high school with a long term girlfriend, so like we we were, it was very much like love and all this other shit, right? Um, and. The experience all this other shit. <laughs> it was also high school, but um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, the, the, so when 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 we when we had sex, it was like not great sex, but it was interesting. It was emotionally fulfilling in a weird way. Um, again, not great sex because we didn't know what we were doing, <laughs> um, which is the common problem. Um, and I'll, I guess I'll, 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 I'll take the responsibility for that being bad. Any, anyway, so, um, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to do that. So, but there's a different thing as you get older and as you've had sex a couple of more times, it gets to the point where you know the mechanics of sex. And especially if you're interested in sex as a, as a, as a thing, you, you're, you, you might even be really good at it physically, but so you can effectively have sex without that emotional component later on. But it sort of follows having had it with that emotional component in a weird way. Um, at least that was the way that it unfolded for me. And it makes sense then to me that without that emotional component on, uh, on, on the first time. And because that's what offsets not knowing what the fuck you're doing. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And makes it not a total waste of time. Uh, it ended up being something like a total waste of time because that emotional Ooh. component wasn't there. Um... Sermy. <laughs> this guy here, this guy Fox. Pity Charles Games. Tags me in. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean that's that it, it it all felt very true to life um for me anyway. And the the experiences of these characters, especially Rui, she feels very real to me. She she's she's a character that I understand. And, um, uh, main character, uh, he's a little bit flat, but I feel like that's Mm -hmm. by design. Um, the, there's a whole thing going on with the teacher character that she stays pretty flat, like flirty teacher until a few episodes in, at, at which point we are revealed that she's got shit going on and it's complicated. And... You get a really honest and real representation of kids injecting themselves in this complicated shit that they don't understand. Mm. You get a really true sort of feeling representation of that later on in the show. Um, So I love this fucking show. It feels very real to me. It feels very true to life. There's a character that I identify with a lot. And uh, yeah, I dig it. I Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I was going to say that the thing that's interesting to me about this is it kind of <clears throat> at first blush, like you just read the summary and we were all kind of like even poking fun at it when we were um, uh, going through our shows list. It's like the title and then the premise that they sort of outline is like, OK, what the fuck? You know, it's like this is going to be another citrus esque, you know, kind of thing. Like even exactly. citrus did some interesting stuff, but it's also it's exactly kind of like the they're not blood related is the plot. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the way it feels even in the first episode. Yeah. 
Um, and so given that, like, you know, you, you sort of have this show that for all intents and purposes is kind of trying to be the, uh, taboo, uh, you know, drama thing going on. And yet they do a lot of stuff that we've already touched on, um, to some, to some extent that, um, subverts that mindset a little bit, I think in some really interesting ways, like the fact Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, the girl after she has sex is just like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm a different person now. Um, you know, she's kind of underwhelmed by it. The dude, like, he goes and he talks to his incel friend, and he's like, I hate you so much. That's that's the sort of thing that just, like, happens to lucky guys, and why does that never happen to me, or whatever? Because, like, in, in a way, the fact that she's like, yeah, I just want to see what this is like. I picked you as the random guy I've encountered. Let's do it. Um, that's kind of like every dude's dream, in theory. Um, he's like, hey, I don't even have to try. A girl just asked me to have sex with her. That's awesome. That, um, in but then theory, it, it, bit it, is important. It's very yeah, important. It matters to yes. the scene itself. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, too, is that the guy actually then says, like, yeah, I don't know. It just it was weird. It wasn't he wasn't like going on. like, Oh, it was the most amazing thing ever. And yeah, you know, he's just like, I don't know. And he had a very sort of similar reaction that she did. Um, the fact that these characters are, you know, somewhat nuanced and they seem to have some depth. Um, I, I feel like the whole thing with him trying to like kiss his passed out teacher sister um, was. I, not not even useful to the plot that was no. just i don't know it was just uncomfortable and weird and like i feel like there are just a few things they could trim out of the show to like actually make it like how do i put this to kind of like remove the things that make it like a trash anime so to speak right and actually have a really interesting <clears throat> the, drama him, him trying to kiss the passed out teacher was a it was contrived to create a scene later on in the show. Mm. Um, there's no there's no reason for it to exist. It's not anything that a rational person would do, but they wanted to inject a conversation later in the show and they needed an impetus for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a conversation that happens in episode two based on that scene that I feel like you could have done differently. Um, but it's just kind of the easiest way to start the conversation that they wanted to have later mm-hmm. on. Was to have that happen earlier and because it was, yeah, kind it of to that contrived. point to, to that point i don't know like exactly what that conversation ended up looking like but i think you could do some interesting stuff with not like having this sort of very literal physical expression of having a crush on your teacher you can just have something that's more like how you hold someone in your thoughts yeah, being it the was problem a, it was a shortcut it was a mm-hmm. shortcut and it and yeah. as a as that kind of shortcut it's not a great storytelling device i I really felt like in this show, the writer didn't have confidence in his skill as a writer. Mm. Um, and this touches that goes back to that point I was trying to make earlier that like I felt like the character writing and everything was really good. And it feels like the my dad's getting remarried to the mother of the girl that I lost my virginity to and the teacher I have a crush on feels like just a hack to guarantee that you can have something interesting mm-hmm. to write. And I feel mm-hmm. like the writer of the show actually doesn't need it. Like he was just mm-hmm. good enough to make mm-hmm. the the yeah. character dynamic interesting. I think even just one of those <clears throat> things could have been more than sufficient. Um, I would, if I was choosing between the two, I'd probably say the girl that I've had sex with turns out to be my new stepsister. Cause mm-hmm. it's kind of a reversal of the old fetish of like, you know, to your point, Ryan, like trying to live with these new siblings and your hormonal teenager. Like that's just set for a bad porn. People you know? who are, well, it's not even just a bad porn. It's, it's a, it's, 
there's a reason that that's a that's a major feature of erotic literature is and and they're not blood related is a trope because mm-hmm. you put a 17 year old girl and a 17 year old boy who are effectively strangers mm-hmm. and you put them in the same house. What do you think's going to happen? Mm-hmm. It's not actually yeah. that much of a stretch, even if it's mm-hmm. weird that their yeah. parents are 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 married now. Uh, Just the the title of sibling somehow makes things different. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But but that's that's exactly it was. And I'm not saying that people are inevitably going to fuck in that situation. I am saying that the temptation to fuck is inevitably going to be there. They're going to want to, even if they look at something to as well to like kind of the idea of like somebody might not necessarily like just kind of immediately kind of being um around them a lot just the idea of like you know maybe longtime friends who start dating or something like that um because you get someone grows on you over time um you might even establish some more like kind of platonic intimacy before you decide to make it romantic um and that's kind of a similar thing it's like you're living under the same household you might come to actually um like someone by exposure if nothing else if that makes sense Exactly. And it, it's 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 made all the more complex if and again, this is a staple of erotic literature of both of them are super attractive. Like if you have a super attractive 17 year old girl, and a super attractive 17, there's that that sort of um, that that barrier of not being attracted to the other person is kind of gone. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, OK, so at this point, the only thing stopping you is the fact that your parents are married now. And mm-hmm. that seems really tenuous for some reason, and it makes for a good setup for solid erotic literature. Um, I keep saying that that way, like I read it all the time. It's because I do. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> this guy right here. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's it's because that marriage relationship seems so tenuous, and because the people in it are are effectively strangers, mm-hmm. that you get that kind of sexual tension. And the fact that there there's a steps of emotion adds that taboo layer that makes it extra sexy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the that's the the goal anyway of the device. And sometimes it's done better than others. I think this show does it great, and I agree with you that the teacher angle is a bit much. I feel like you could have just done it, just like just like you guys have pointed out. You could have just had it be. The girl that I just fucked is the daughter of my dad's new wife. You could have just had that. Um, except for the fact that they get a lot of mileage out of the teacher thing later mm-hmm. on with her story. Um, and it kind of justifies itself uh, retroactively. Um, but it totally makes sense based on the first episode. Like, this doesn't seem necessary. Um and then you start to get other harem stuff. And our main character, again, the the kissing the pass out thing, that that that's a uh that's it hurts our main character a little bit because of the fact that our main character is legitimately a good dude. Um and it's one good of those guy, things, TM. No, his friend is good guy TM. <laughs> his friend he has a conversation with his friend later that is like, oh god, shut up. Um our our main character is a good dude. You know what I mean? He's he's mm-hmm. legitimately good dude. And I agree that they, they there's there's a different way that they could have written that scene. He didn't have to try and kiss her. He could have done something else that wasn't a salty. Um but equally uh I guess I mean it could have been as simple as just like and it might not 
it might not be like just that first episode. I mean, this is something that like would require a little bit more subtlety to happen over a course of several episodes potentially, but even just like the younger sister being like, I see the way you look at my sister. Um, mm-hmm. That alone could be. Well, the, the, the conversation that happens later on happens based upon the action itself. So it could have mm-hmm. been that he's like moving hair out of her face or something like that. It could have been something that felt equally intimate without it being, I'm going to kiss a sleep person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's that there's, there's a line there that they were on the wrong side of in writing that scene at the same time. That's one scene. And that's the only scene I have a complaint about in this yeah. show. Hmm. Um, so there's that too. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it, 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 outside of that one scene, everything feels very honest to the characters and who they are. Um, and everything seems very realistic too in inside of this contrived plot that we've been given everything inside of it, you know, a world has to follow its own rules. Everything inside of it feels very real and very true. And I, I, I think that's something that isn't particularly common, especially in seasonal anime where it's like, come on, we got to pump out a product, you know, to a certain you, extent. You say everything in the world has to follow its own rules, but there's a, a show we're going to talk about later, which, uh, God, oh my what? God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, you want to give your scores for this show, Dean? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to call it, did the scenario interest me? Okay. Reading the plot synopsis. No. Um, reading the plot synopsis of this, uh, no dog shit. I'm not interested. Who gives a shit? It's bad citrus. You know what I mean? Like the plot synopsis of this is bad citrus. Uh, did the production impress me? I'm going to say yes. And it's not necessarily because of anything about the production in particular. Of course, the opening scene of this episode is beautiful. Mm -hmm. The opening scene of this episode, I likened it to ghost in the shell, the movie ghost in the shell, because the, 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 the opening to the movie Ghost in the Show, when uh, after the cold open, you just get all these shots of the city with this beautiful music playing. And this was kind of similar to that, except we were getting shots of the city that sort of tightened in on this room and everything going on in the room. And you got context for what's happening and everything's quiet and it feels heavy in a way. And then you see a used condom in a trash can. And it's like, OK, so fucking is happening like it, it it slowly introduces you to the fact that there's fucking in this anime and also it just happened. Um, and so it, I don't know. It, it, it's, I, 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 yes, the production impressed me. Um, <laughs> did the storytelling impress me? I'm going to say yes. Uh, just for that reason, like the, the characters follow their own rules. They are who they are. And the, the personalities are three dimensional in a way that makes sense, even the two-dimensional characters in the first episode, which you can't flesh out every character in episode one, the characters that matter do get fleshed out in episode one. Um, and it's it's done in a great way with interesting interactions and things like that. Did I enjoy episode one? I watched the other four. And am I interested to see more? I watched the other four. So this show gets a four from me. Uh only the exclusion of interest in the scenario. It it just came off like bad citrus, and then it ends up being better than citrus. So, uh, domestic girlfriend episode one. That time I accidentally fucked my bratty stepsister. Um, I am in exactly the same boat as Dean. I wasn't interested in the scenario. The scenario or the premise is 
dumb and generic and trite, but the execution and everything else is really great. So it also gets a four from me. Chris? Uh, Domestic Girlfriend Episode 1, and this is very similar to Dean's. Remember, they're not related by blood. Um, So (laughs) we had similar thoughts on that one. Um, Premise interests me? Yeah, like you guys have said. um, No, it didn't. Uh, Did the production impress me? I'll go and say yes. Um, Because the art I thought was really good. The OP was really pretty solid. Um, There's a lot of stuff about the presentation that actually did impress me. Uh, Did the storytelling impress me? I'm mixed on this one um, because of that kind of contrived stuff, which like I, I get that it's kind of like the setup for some interesting stuff later on. Um, but that's also offset by some like actually really good character work and some interesting. Well, just some interest in the story, I guess. I'm going to go and say no, though, just because there was enough that kind of bugged me about it, <clears throat> especially that kiss scene at the end. I was just the um, did I enjoy the first episode? Um, I almost can't believe I'm saying this, but yes, um, because I went into it and not expecting the premise to interest me at all. Um, and even then, I still had a few things about it where I was like, I'm like, I don't like this or those things that, like you kind of you're watching. You're sort of like making fun of it in your own head, that sort of thing. But it did do enough stuff well that I enjoyed it. And did the first episode make, make me interested to see more? This is a soft yes, but it's still a yes. Um, I don't know that I'll keep watching it, but there was enough interest in the first episode and the fact that, again, they they handled the characters well, they handled the situation as well as you can, given the situation. Um, it's one that I could, could see myself continuing to watch. So, yes, there. So I guess that's a uh, three overall for me. One of the things about this, and you kind of touched on it, is the, the contrived situation... Uh, they know it's contrived. And so they kind of blow past it real fast. They're Mm -hmm. like, this is just the setup for the, for what will be the plot. Just let it happen. It's fine. Um, (laughs) let it happen. It's fine. Um, (laughs) they're, they, they just kind of, they, it's like, uh, getting remarried. Okay, cool. And then we see the siblings and then passing out, Waking up to, okay, the, 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 the teacher that I have a crush on and the girl that I fucked are now going to be my stepsisters. How do I deal with that? Uh, he has that conversation with uh, Rui and he decides, I want my dad to be happy. And then we're moving into a new house. Hi, everybody's moved in. Like, it's, it's like, this is yeah, dumb. This, the we first know this is dumb. It's going to go fast. <laughs> And I, I, I appreciated that. I thought it was, it, it didn't hang on everything. It didn't take itself so seriously in those places where it didn't need to. It, it, it elected instead to set up the contrived situation really quick and then immediately bring it down to the personal interactions between these characters and who they are and keep the show grounded that way. Because the situation is contrived and dumb, and so the way that you keep it grounded is with the characters, and they did that very effectively. And it only mm-hmm. continues to get more effective as it goes along. So, yeah, this is a really good show. <laughs> uh, brings our total for this show to 11, or 73.3%. And because I completely forgot to uh, bring this up, we are now doing the thing where we each give the first episode a title. We have to we have to think up a title for the thing and and we we do that and then we give our ratings, um, and that already happened in the past. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but zero was confused in chat, so uh, <laughs> I, I 
yeah. it was right after you said that time I accidentally fucked my bratty stepsister. <laughs> 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 Which I think is probably a really good title for this. Um, I, I, I wanted one. I wanted to title it um, after like a, one of those um, incest porn series like family <laughs> therapy or something but i couldn't come up with a title which was like very clearly referencing that and also like a reasonable title big titty um, stepsisters volume two didn't do it for you <laughs> no <laughs> no by the way uh, Rui, uh i think best girl of the season for Rui, uh for me personally uh she's uh any 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 other female characters have some stiff competition? If you say so, I I I love her, and it's totally down to personality. I mean, she's she's hot, but it's it's totally down to personality for me. Um, she is she is perfect. Love it. Well, the next show we have to talk about is Boogie Pop and Others. Um, this show is almost exclusively conversations between characters. So there's not, like, a whole lot of synopsis I can give other than, like, and then so-and-so said this, and then they replied with this. and and But the gist of it is that there's girls disappearing from school, um, and everyone is saying they ran away. And... Our main character is supposed to be meeting a girl uh, for a date, and she doesn't show up. And then she does show up, but she's, like, dressed up in weird magical garb, and her voice is a little different, and our main character kind of just ignores her and lets her do her thing. She's, like, comforting a guy who... They, the people they drew in, in universe, like a zombie! But they drew. He looked like person. a zombie. He he looked like he'd been stabbed or something. And everyone in the show references him saying he was crying, which he was. So that but was, he also looked like a zombie. It it was really weird. It was um, crying in the sense of like crying out, this, shouting. It, it, I mean, that's that's kind of the noise. It was kind of like the uh, who is it? The witch in uh, in <laughs> Left 4 Dead. And and so then like she's like shaming everyone around him for being like <clears throat> when you see someone crying like don't you want to help like you're just ignoring him I thought this was a civilized civilization it's like I don't know if I was in the middle of downtown Tokyo and I saw someone acting like that I think I might keep my distance right um, yeah <laughs> haven't you also like not only has everyone seen those videos of people just walking by stabbing victims on the street so why the fuck are you surprised uh, also the dude didn't look sad he looked crazy so. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah, so our, our main character just ignores her for the time being, and then she doesn't show up at school, and and then she does show up at school, but it's not her, it's Boogie Pop. And Boogie Pop explains that there is a threat to the world at their school, and Boogie Pop just shows up when there's threats against humanity and doesn't really have a will of its own, he just does it and he fights the big bad and then he's gone. And it just so happens that he possessed the main, the body of our main character's girlfriend. And then more girls disappear and there's a conversation about one of the girls in class being a murderer. And then the threat is gone and Boogie Pop leaves. 
And there's a conversation, and there's a conversation, and there's a conversation. (laughs) So one thing the show did really well um, is most of it follows our main character. Except for like three minutes in the middle, all of a sudden we cut to a different class, a different set of girls we've never seen before having a conversation. And one of the girls is... uh, reads a lot of stuff about murderers and psychology and is really into the occult. And so the other girls are asking her about all these disappearances and stuff that's going on. Um, And so they have this conversation and then the conversation's over and we go back to our main character and like, we don't see those girls again for the rest of the show. And I didn't notice that until a few hours later, I was sitting at my computer just, uh, getting ready for our podcast today and I thought about that it was just like a very natural cut to these characters who hadn't been introduced like all the dialogue writing was again really good um it just it just felt believable they take some people you've never met before and all of a sudden they're humans having a conversation and you care yeah and that scene was interesting too because they kind of used that to introduce the urban legend of boogie pop Mm-hmm. So it's a concept that people are aware of, at least in the universe. Um, but um, it turns out that what they were suggesting, to me at least, sounded a little bit different than how it seems to actually work, um, which is interesting, too. So is there supposed actually, to be a connection between Boogie Pop and Boogie Man? I don't think so. Because what they were talking about sounds like a Boogie Man legend. I think what they, because I think they called it Boogie Pop because it sort of like pops into existence. Yeah, that's, so, what, um, that's what yeah. he says, but it, it's weird. I guess anime. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't really help a whole lot, but the uh, the synopsis or the like about this show. Uh, there's an urban legend that children tell one another about a shinigami that can release people from the pain they may be suffering. This angel of death has a name, Boogie Pop, and the legends are true. Boogie Pop is real. So I was actually wondering okay, if so this was maybe. God. I was maybe wondering if this was a case of unreliable narrator. Mm. Yeah, uh, because seemed, all yeah. of the all of the information we get about the world and what's happening, we don't see any of it. We don't mm-hmm. meet any of the girls who disappear. Uh, we don't. We see shots of. I think it was the same girl. It might have been different girls, like dead and cut up and hanging from power lines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like there's like really quick flashes too. Like yeah, there's this really... one shot where you see like a girl's head fall off or something like that from a mm-hmm. distance. Um. And so, yeah, I thought it was interesting that approach of um, kind of an indirect experience of this story where we weren't following, you know, like the murder mystery of like, we're going to follow Boogie Pop as she investigates, you know, this stuff and comes across these scenes. It's more just like they flash it to suggest that's happening. And maybe if you're really paying attention, you can kind of connect the dots of who's who or whatever. Um, But then for the most part, it is, you know, our MC. um, sort of seeing what's happening around him as kind of the the ripple effects, if you will, of whatever's actually happening under the surface, um, which I think is an interesting choice, um, sort of creating this air of maybe mystery, and you can debate whether or not this was the correct choice, but it kind of builds up this mysterious thing by like saying, like, here's this weird stuff that's happening around me, um, and then in a way they kind of undercut it with Boogie Pop just like straight up explaining everything to him. Um, yeah, that was probably the biggest uh, weakness of the show. I don't know. I kind of disagree. I felt like the conversations with Boogie Pop raised more questions than they answered. 
That's fair. I can see that. They did do that, but it also felt very expositional too. It, it, it was. I think. I think both is. Both are probably true, because mm-hmm. it did deepen the mystery, but at the same time, it was like, um, okay, cool. Now I have no question about where you come from, or why you're here, or or what you're. And and, and even outside this of that, is also um, a sequel. I believe I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think I heard from someone that because I, I mentioned this to someone and they were asking me, it's like, oh, yeah, have you ever seen the original? And I'm like, no. So um, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Sequel, so it that, looks like it looks like it's not a direct sequel as such. It's just kind of an in-universe s- sort of spinoff yeah. thing. So your Boogie that Pop works. Phantom. Uh, oh, I've heard of this. Yeah, so <clears throat> it Yeah, so, so there is more material out there um related to this, which I think if you'd seen that maybe you come into this with a different understanding of the world. Yeah. So probably. I don't know I don't know that the mystery of where Boogie Pop comes from is is a mystery if you've seen the original. I don't know, I haven't seen it, but that works. I'm, I'm, I'm I, the, there's, there's two interesting, interesting things about this. Um, it's Madhouse. So it's going to be stylish as shit. And it is, it is stylish as fuck. The weird sort of third person view that we, as the viewer seem to have, where we're just sort of loosely following this main character through this experience. Um, I thought that's really cool. It it felt a little bit like um, sort of uh, early Monogatari. Like there's a, the, everything seems a little disjointed and kind of like you're again, like a third person sort of uh, sort of astral spirit, just watching this guy have experiences. Um, so it's what, what it kind of creates, fly. what it kind of creates is actually the sense of, like in the same way that our MC might have, um, like getting glimpses into this other world, but not really understanding it. We feel right. just as lost as he probably does um, and unsettled by that fact, um, rather than what you have in a lot of these sort of like there's secretly this other stuff happening in the world. And like, you know, and by at the end of episode one, maybe episode two, like you're right there. The like the main character knows what's going on. Um, and even if they don't understand it fully, like they're not confused by anything, you know, right. Um, and this kind of creates that opposite effect, which I think is interesting. Yeah, it was, it's, and it's stylish as all get out too. This show is, this show has style for days. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, this show looks really good. Oh (laughs) man. And you don't expect it to, because there are a couple little quibbles that I have with it, which is like all the background characters are mannequins. None of them have faces and they don't move. Uh, but at the same time, after the, like the, like the cold open, it starts to work uh, in a weird way that that sort of world, it, it, it quits feeling so dead once things mm-hmm. start happening. And I, I don't this... know, I, 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 by the end of the episode, I'm chalking that up to style instead of calling it, you know, cheap ass dumb production, um, which I think is cool. The, the another way that the dialogue in this show is really good is they just hint at other things that are happening in the world around our characters that they don't have to show that makes the world feel more alive. Um, 
Yeah, because like everything the, feels a little the, bit more natural. The girl that our main character walks to school with, um, just the conversation they have as they're walking up to the school, the the kohai of our main character that has a crush on him uh, references a uh, uh, club meeting, or I don't remember what exactly, but yeah, they they like reference other things that it are going was, on in the world. It, it was, was like, like student council meeting or something. Oh. Student council or something like that. Mm-hmm. She says committee, so I'm not sure what they're meant to imply with that. Maybe it's like a subgroup of the student cast. I don't know. Hmm. It's um, a it's a special. Uh, it's like a congressional special committee or whatever. It's like it's a student right. council, but it's like a task force. Well, they're working uh, on the Green New Deal's. What they're doing. She had that <laughs> armband that the uh, she had the um, the uh, high school narc armband. That everybody, I'm sure, loves. That's I just, don't understand uh, that. <laughs> is that. Isn't that just a student council thing, or is that? I think a um, subset of. I think it's the hall monitor thing. Oh like yeah, like because that to me, like that's the way it always seems in other shows, and mm-hmm. but I, I never, we didn't have that at my school. At my, mm-hmm. I, I never experienced. I never had hall monitors mm-hmm. in. At the school that I was at, and even if it, even if we did, it would have been students who just wanted to hang out in the teachers' lounge, and they would not actually do any hall monitoring, um, <laughs> because that's what you do: is you take this class, a uh, library assistant or office assistant or whatever, and you just hang out in a place because that's the kinds of people that are attracted to those classes. And mm-hmm. I also would have done that if I knew that such a thing existed, uh, which I didn't until I was like a junior in high school. Um, I would have absolutely been that guy that was like, no, I just want to draw in the office for an hour. So I'm going to take office assistant, <laughs> but, um, there, I, I yeah, was exactly like, the like opposite. Narcs. Were you really? Yeah. There was actually a class I ended up not taking because I heard it was a blow off class. Oh man, you, you with your, <laughs> with your academics and being a good student. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but back to, uh, to boogie pop. Um, I don't know that I have a a whole lot else to say. Like the episode kind of just ends. That, we see I at the very that. end the the girl it. who is kind of rumored to be the murderer kind of appears for the first time. Yeah, um, we get introduced to the girl that everyone thinks the, the I I guess it's fair to say everyone thinks she's a murderer. She's she's like kind of mysterious and I get the impression that maybe she's a little ill-mannered. I get the feeling she's and, one of the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fabled others. I'm pretty sure she was in the OP is the one who was like doing ninja shit on the buildings. Yeah. and the, yeah. yeah, I got that feeling as well. She, uh, the, the show just kind of, uh, I mean, it's like Ryan said, she just kind of says, all right, the threat's gone. Uh, mm-hmm. Like talking to you. Peace. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what, what did you, what, what, it's like something uh, got resolved. uh, And that's again, kind of the interesting thing of like, just from the outsider's perspective, it's like, you're not caught up in these events. And so all you know is that someone tells you that they've taken care of it. But also resolving the plot off screen to me feels Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck are you doing? I really liked it. Mm -hmm. Did you really? I I was bothered by it, but Mm -hmm. it's, I guess it's subjective, but I I was, I was like, do you want me to care? Because you can't resolve your you can't resolve your um 
your your conflict off screen and expect me to have any investment in it. But I guess yeah, it, but the it's, conflict guess it's was all thing. the conflict was all off screen. The on screen conflict we got was that our main character wants to talk to this girl he likes, but he can't because she's possessed by Boogie Pop. So when the off screen conflict resolves, then the on screen conflict resolves by proxy because now Boogie Pop's gone. So at the very end, he gets to talk to the girl he likes. You're correct. I don't know why it just still bothers me, but <laughs> no, that's, right. That's you've said fair. nothing incorrect. That is absolutely correct <laughs> and and true, and probably the justification and the logic behind it. Um, and it works perfectly. And I'm a a a a, a dick because it still bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say you're a dick. I think that's fair. I just really enjoyed it for the reasons that it bothered you. Um. Oh, the writing, the writing was wonderful. I'm I'm not gonna. Mm. But but it has to be because this is a show that is literally, like you said, it's mm-hmm. all conversation. And so if the writing isn't good, the show is is is, is broken at its core. So mm-hmm. the writing was pretty good. Um and I did enjoy it. And I'm curious about this world. I just felt a little bit like this is kind of how it felt. It's like we we follow this thing, we're told about this conflict that's happening, we're told about all this that's going on, and then we're told it's resolved. And I'm left thinking, does this show want me to keep watching? Mm. Does this show want me to be interested in this? Or is it just going to keep doing this? Is it just going to keep saying, hey, there's a there's a more interesting show happening off screen. <laughs> um, and we're not going to show it to you. Think of the show we could have written. <laughs> Actually, and it almost like, makes I, me wonder. I, I mean, and I dug it, but it was weird. I. It almost makes me wonder if maybe the original series is actually like the other plot that's happening. And so this is kind of just like a here's what's happening around that, which that would, would be an interesting be take. Interesting. I, 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 honestly, in order to judge this thing fairly, I, I would probably need to go back and watch Boogie Pop Phantom and then try and sort of get more used to this, at least a couple episodes of it just to sort of get used to this world and what it is and then watch this and, and have it be because if it, if it stands alone, that's great. If it doesn't stand alone, it's technically, I think a spinoff and that's fair. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to stand alone necessarily. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like I can't really fairly judge it on that level without having seen phantom. Um, just closing thoughts from me. Um, the, one of the reasons I liked it so much is I felt like the first episode was like setting up the world and saying, these are the kinds of stories we can tell, uh, and giving you a little bit of a taste of what's going to be in future episodes without, without actually letting you know what the future conflict is going to be. Like it, it opens up some threads that it could follow so there's some options there but it doesn't really commit to one so scores for this show um oh i I did i did have one more problem with the show i'm sorry and this is nitpicky a little bit but they kept calling it multiple personality disorder that is not the accepted nomenclature it's now it's and this has been this way for over a decade it's dissociative identity disorder that's a different it because multiple personality disorder uh Part of the reason they changed it is because multiple personality or disorder got this reputation of being this mm-hmm. weird like thing. Mm-hmm. And 
now so now it's called DID. It bothered me that they kept calling it multiple personality. Well, I wonder if they did that on purpose because it's actually not DID. It is some other being kind of just like it's taking over for a bit. Yeah. Because yeah. he yeah, asked I, her. He's like, uh, why are you possessing her? It's like, that's a rude way to say it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to believe that it is a possession of a kind. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if this was an issue with translation or what. But I felt like our main character took the multiple personality thing way too literally. Like, I, mm-hmm. based on the way this was translated, I had a very clear idea of what was going on. And it didn't line up with our main character's idea of what was happening mm-hmm. exactly. Maybe that's uh, on purpose. Maybe, maybe they wanted <clears throat> main character to be on the wrong track and the audience mm-hmm. to be like, no, you idiot. <laughs> that'd be really cool if that's the direction they're going but um i all feel right. like that was the the idea you you moron don't you realize you're in an anime <laughs> <laughs> did the premise interest me uh this question is kind of difficult to answer because i don't i don't really know what the premise of this show is yet mm-hmm. um but i'm going to say they set up an interesting world with some interesting possibilities, so yes, I I think that's like the best answer I can give. Um, I don't really know. Uh, did the production the, the impress premise me? that the OP seems to reveal is that we have a character who fights supernatural shit and possesses another body. That's what I picked up from the OP. If that same see, because if that's what it is, I'm not on board for that but that's not really what i got from actually watching the show Mm -hmm. yeah it felt very different and it almost makes me wonder too if um like maybe what we're gonna have is still following our mc dude and it's kind of just a case of like my girlfriend is a superhero but she doesn't know it and so i'm really concerned about someone using my girlfriend's body to do superhero shit because i want (laughs) to see my girlfriend again um so Actually, you know what? I love that premise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if that's the premise, I'm down again. What whether it is, we don't know yet, but um yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm going to say yes. The production also impressed me. Uh I felt like the style was very good. All of the animation looked really good. Uh there's constantly movement happening. Um and it all looks really good. Uh did the storytelling impress me? Yes, the it was it was told entirely uh through the conversations of uh well it was primarily our main character in Boogie Pop and then other characters. Um some of the conversations aired on the like pretentious side is not High exactly the way to talking about philosophy. Yeah. Um pretentious is not exactly the way to describe it. But like high school pretentious, I guess, um, was the best impression I can give. Uh, and and the story they were able to tell in that framework was really engaging. So yes, I was impressed. Did I enjoy the first episode? Yeah. And was I interested to see more? Yeah. It was, this show gets a perfect five for me. I really liked this show. Chris? Cool. Uh, oh, what was your title, uh, by the way? Title, yeah. I completely forgot. Uh... Boogie Pop and Others, Episode 1, Conversations with Death. <laughs> nice. Uh, so my title for it was uh, Boogie Pop and Others, Episode 1, Help, I Might Have a Crush on My Girlfriend's Other Personality. <laughs> or alternatively, 
is it cheating if I have a crush on my girlfriend's other personality? Um, anyway, uh, did the premise interest me? I'm not sure if I can give this a yes. Like, even reading the the box, it was like, okay, this is something that could interest me, but it wasn't something that inherently interested me. And again, we don't really know from episode one what the premise really is. Um, we, we get, like, kind of some of the mechanics of this where we have spirit that takes over bodies, do the thing, um, but we don't really know what the show is going to be yet. So I'm not going to say yes on that. Did the production impress me? Yes, it definitely did. Um, the art style was very, very good, um, well animated. Um, I really liked that quite a bit. Did the storytelling impress me? I would say, yeah, for a lot of the same reasons as Ryan. Um, the dialogue was really well written, even though it did feel a little bit kind of expository at times. Um, I think it still worked. And despite the fact that on paper, it sounds like something that would have a really slow pace. I think the pacing was really great, actually. Um, so no complaints there. Did I enjoy the first episode? Yeah. Um, I thought it was, if nothing else, very intriguing, um, and I was kind of engaged by that. Um, and did the first episode make me interested to see more? Um, I'd say yeah. Uh, it, it it didn't hook me per se, but because I was so intrigued by it and because there was that little twist of, oh, okay, this new girl showed up, that sort of thing, um, there, there's obviously going to be more to it than just like whatever thing happened off screen that got resolved. Um, and so I am interested to see where that goes at the very least, whether it keeps me interested another, another story, but episode one did make me intrigued. So I guess I'd say four overall for me. Dean. Um, the scenario interest question really bugs me actually, because the, what we're presented in the OP and what we're actually given in the show is kind of two different things. And I'm interested in both. And there's a weird dissonance between the two. I don't really, um, I'm look, I'm interested in both. So I guess, yes, the scenario <laughs> does interest me. Um, did the production impress me? Okay. This show has style for days. I'm, I, I love the way that this show presents itself. It is, um, incredible. It's great. Uh, they, they, they have a show that it reminded me of, of early Monogatari stuff. Um, mm -hmm where it's ethereal and sort of disjointed a little bit, but it still follows and it's, it's cool. And, um, so I dig the shit out of that. I really, really like the style of this show. The art style of the show was cool. Um, the, even the, the parts of the show that I thought were bad production ended up being good production later because it all sort of created the style of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I really dig the production on this show. If I could give it two points on production, I would. Because it was... Man, it knocks it out of the park on being unique and interesting and cool looking. And Matt telling House. its story in that way. Madhouse is just consistently good. Ah, mm. As soon as I saw Madhouse in the credits, it's... I was like, oh! <laughs> I, I tend to forget about them because they don't have as many shows that I truly love. But Madhouse is a studio that, like, alongside Trigger and Shaft and our favorite studios they make the most interesting looking shit and and uh even if the stories aren't particularly good it looks amazing mm -hmm. um actual mad lads yeah exactly it's great it's great and and i'm glad there's somebody like that making something that doesn't just look like anime um then uh we move on to storytelling which i think as part and parcel of the style was awesome uh the dialogue was good as the show was mostly dialogue, it needed to be, and it was. So, yes, okay, fair enough, you're good. <laughs> you're, you're, 
it works. And and with it to be in this sort of weird style, I think that's what makes it impressive. It's not mm-hmm. just good dialogue. It's not just good story. It's it's in this style, and that sort of elevates it. Um, did I enjoy episode one? Yeah, I liked it. My only question on here that I'm not really sure is if I'm interested to see more of it. I'm interested in the world, but I really felt betrayed by the way they ended the first episode. And so I'm I'm probably going to watch more of it. That's, that's almost a foregone conclusion. I'm fascinated by this. But uh, I don't know if I can say... I'll give it a, I'll give it a yes. I'm going to watch more. Um... But that's a soft yes that I'm interested to see more of it because the ending of the first episode did did kind of make me feel like, do you want me to watch this? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm going to watch it, so I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> did Did you give your title already and I missed it? Oh, I'm sorry. My title is uh, Boogie Pop and Others. It's like Split, but dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I could get a big pog... In chat, our total score for the show is a 14, or 93.3%. Woo! That's, uh, that is aggressively high. <laughs> that, that is, yeah, that's very rare for us. I can't think of another show with a score that high. I don't remember what Megalobox got, but I don't think it, I think Megalobox, I think Megalobox was, was back in the day of just zero one two. so. No, was it? It might have. I don't think so. I, double check. I don't know. I will look um, this up. Also, Darling in the Frank season one might have gotten a pretty high score too. But yeah, you're uh, right. But that is aggressively high for us. We can only think of two other shows that might have even touched it. So. Ah, <laughs> uh, Devil Man. Uh, oh, Devil yes, Man. Yes, that really was that was back in the zero one two days. Okay. Huh. For what it's worth, it did get a. Actually, no, we did switch at that point. Um, because we switched uh, after the first episode of Spring, so that was yeah, actually eighty six point six seven. Wow! Yeah, I was this thinking it was is... in the in the eighties. That's that's interesting. This let's hope, the, let's hope it stays. Let's hope it stays that good. The genre <laughs> tags for this show are uh, psychological horror mystery, and I felt like at least two of those things that did pretty well. Horror, not so much, really at least not yet. The, yeah, all we got for the psychological horror bit was a couple of flashes of a person dismembered on some telephone wires, so that was fun. <laughs> uh, I actually really dug that image, too, by the way. It was a little bit cruciform, and she's, like, mm-hmm. up there, and, like, mm-hmm. limbs are falling off. I, I was, I, uh, I go in for that shit, so <laughs> <laughs> I really dug that. Um, Wow, that is a really high score, and uh, let's hope the show stays really good, because there's a chance we're going to have to watch it. All the way through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll and that has been your regularly scheduled good episodes TM of anime. Now on to the show. <laughs> yeah. Chris, you want to tell uh, us about our, our next show, Bermuda Triangle, Colorful Pastorale. Pastorale. I'm not sure if that's supposed to be pastorale, like pastoral or pastoral. I'm guessing pastoral, but I don't know. Uh, in any case, this is a show about uh, mermaids living under the ocean um do they though <laughs> so i have a theory about that because like we open up on a shot very early on of um someone pouring tea 
for a customer. Um, and it's water being poured, like visibly being poured into a cup while underwater. I have a theory that's actually not water, but actually some like kind of like hyper dense liquid that uh, actually would behave as though it was water um, while underwater. Um, don't make but excuses I don't know. for this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and man. also... Even though we open with the OP that shows us very clearly there are mermaids, they still feel the need to do the thing where they pan down and show the mermaid tail as though this is a surprise. Um, it's like, whoa, they're like cute girls except mermaids. Um, and anyway, so um, the, I guess, like mayor leader of this town is getting her sort of afternoon tea and she's being helped by the proprietor of the shop who uh, goes and gets her like some like pink crack that she sprinkles in. Um, it's actually coral sugar, apparently, but um, it just kind of had this weird feeling of something illicit to me. Um, and she um, like turns around and goes to like a box and she gets just yeah. like a little bit of it and she goes, hey, get some of that. <laughs> you know, you, this, don't forget the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Just, just the right thing for our stressed out mayor. I um, want this to be the story. I want this to be an entire <laughs> underwater village of just crap cracked out mermaids they're not even underwater it's just a village full of people who are so high all the time they think they're mermaids it was interesting to me too that like all of the um architecture was very much just like small town like almost european i guess maybe japanese too could have it look like that but but like we're underwater we're mermaids so why do we have like roofs that are clearly built to like resist sunlight and you know like (laughs) things falling on it um there actually were a few places scream about about this show so keep <laughs> yeah. telling us the, the synopsis because i'm so there, there, were, there were actually a few moments where the architecture like inside at least was like oh it, they actually designed it for people who can just like swim up and down stairs instead of having to like actually walk up stairs uh anyway um so the the mayor's like oh you know it's just so nice like to enjoy this peace and quiet and have some nice tea and then you start hearing the shouting from apparently like the only four girls that live in town um who are like, let's go get cake and stuff. And they're like debating whether or not, like, you know, should they get the same thing as usual or try something new or like, it would be so much fun if we all got something different. Um, and so they walk in and, uh, they basically, um, the mayor is like, you know, you guys sure are excited about cake. It's like, but cake is so important. Like, you know, the difference between a good and a bad slice of cake is like the difference between a good and bad day. And then it's like cake doesn't have that much power. And it's just you kind of get this like very sort of, you know, young girl, stereotypical anime kind of group dynamic. Um, and the mayor is like, hey, um, you know, if you guys uh, do some favors for me, I will. uh uh, you know, buy each like an extra slice of cake. And they're like, oh shit, two slices of cake. All right. So they go and they're about to go do this thing. And then um, basically what this leads us on is like a series of fetch quests. Like it's it's sort of like, you know, Ocarina of Time style. Like before you can actually finish your main fetch quest, you got to do like five other fetch quests in order to get the thing to do. Anyway, um, so they run into the mailman who is a seal um, and He's like, hey, so I'm running late. I've made so many stops today, and uh, my boss is going to be mad if I don't get back on time. Would you girls uh, technically interfere with the mail system by delivering these packages for me? (laughs) And they're all like, we didn't want to do that. He's like, okay, I'll buy stuff for you if you all do. And they're like, okay. Okay. 
and there's some back and forth about this and then they all go around town it has very like kind of animal crossing feel to it um when like you know they for some reason stick around like inside like deep inside not even at the doorway but like they go into someone's house into their bedroom or something and watch as they open up their package so they get to enjoy like oh look at what so-and-so got um <laughs> anyway um and then uh, one of the girls is surprised to see that a box that she or a crate that she was either responsible for or just happened to see was busted open. Um, and then there's this floating um, the, the human trafficking was going on, basically, or mermaid trafficking, uh, because there's this um, big purple ball, crystal ball kind of that contains uh, a girl in there. Um, and you just kind of blew past that. What the fuck's in this orb? (laughs) A child, Uh, a child is in this orb. Um, and, and, and a package that was being shipped to this town. Um, I ship children in crates all the time. Lolly number two is in this orb, Dean. We already have our deadpan lolly character. So now we get our like. A second lolly the the too 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 many lollies <laughs> um and so sorry i just was thinking boogie pop plus lolly equals lollipop um <laughs> that's um, a better show <laughs> the um so she's freaking out and um, it starts to crack and she's like, oh, shit, I need to hold this thing together. And so the other girls like come back um, and <laughs> they have this really bizarre shot. There's actually a lot of really bizarre shots in the show. But um, <laughs> one of them is like, I'm sorry, were we interrupting something? Uh, and like it's sort of like slowly zooming in on an extreme close up of her face. And then it cuts to someone else who also has like this really weird expression on her face. and It's doing the slow zoom in. And she's like, should we come back later? <laughs> Um, they take the the orb with the child in it back into the cafe. Uh, turns out that this is apparently like the niece or something of the cafe owner, um, or like it's her shell sis's daughter of the or mayor. of the mayor. Yeah, yeah. It's, of the it's mayor. Da- maybe, it's, yeah. it's the mayor's niece, basically. Is what it okay. Is. Um, and apparently what happened is she just got like really stressed and that's what caused her to kind of like cocoon up into this little crystal thing. And then she like kind of emerges from the crystal thing. Probably because you were shipping her in a fucking crate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So clearly where this is going is like, uh, because we, we then see, um, after she's emerged, um, and, uh, kind of like as soon as she cracks open like goes and like hugs um or clings to the blonde haired girl for some reason i guess she was the one who was kind of like closest to it kind of like i don't know maybe maybe the whole like mother imprinting thing when like uh, a chicken or some other bird or something emerges from its egg and sees a human just as soon as that's its mother so uh, i don't know um so she's staying with the blonde haired girl um and blonde haired girl uh wakes up in the middle of the night or maybe early morning um and wondering if maybe she got lost like where is she what if she fell into a trench or got swept away by the tide um and then no she's just kind of like chilling up on like this like precipice this kind of like overhang of coral or something and she's like looking at her phone but her phone's not getting any signal so she's like there really is nothing out here is there um wait a so minute. we have you, this wait a minute you blew by that <laughs> she's looking at what <laughs> Her smartphone underwater. Um, 
I mean, there are smartphones that have resistances up to like, what is it like five meters? That's this is much more than five meters, but still um, water resistance. Uh, so but she doesn't get any signal out here. And um, so clearly this is like kind of the the um, the sort of stereotypical story of um, city slicker gets too caught up in like modern society and gets all stressed out or whatever. And so she has to go to the country to kind of like recuperate and reconnect with nature uh, in kind of the, the small town, easy living thing where girls just kind of like go around town delivering mail for people um and uh so they just like kind of have like these like little sandwiches and that's all fun and then uh the great tide sweeps through and it's kind of like the scary moment for all the five seconds but then it also takes all the dust and dirt away so it's all very bright and shiny again now um but part of the great tide coming through is it knocks down some trees that for some reason i guess maybe there has to be some sort of cave that the trees were blocking because like they we, we see shots of them swimming way up high you, swim. you would think they would have seen you this massive building swim in this world <laughs> how have you not seen how have you ever been at an angle from which you can see what's behind those trees verticality is part of your life Yes. So somehow there's this massive building that had never seen before that the great tide revealed by knocking over some trees. Uh, then they go in there and they discover anime. Um, and that is how this episode ends. <laughs> no, there is like what they call, I guess, like a Cine orb. And it's like kind of this almost like planetarium style projector film. Um, <laughs> I know. How, how does any technology in this world works? The movie is Magic. just stored in a pearl. Like, apparently, when mermaids are stressed out, they sweat crystal and, like, go into hibernation for a few days. It's not how crystals are formed. children in crates! <laughs> why, why do they have the, like, what's this yellow tube that runs out to the windmill from the town what does it do there's a windmill <laughs> that's it's more like a water mill it's it's, they it's call the time. It a windmill <laughs> that's true <laughs> what's funny too is like that particular shot when like the great tide comes you start seeing the windmills turning it looked like an old like 90s like playstation one game where like you've got a static background and just like some very simple geometry that's moving that, that's what that looked like it should be called a current mill because mm. that's what it is but they also so I, I had mixed feelings about like their use of words too because this is like clearly just like it's it's regular life underwater <laughs> nice clip easy dean rant <laughs> um but they um like they talk about at one point like don't just float there in the doorway um as opposed to like standing in the doorway, but it's like, would they use the word float? Do they have the concept of floating and swimming if they just live underwater? They know about um, the outside world. One of the girls asked for postcards with flowers on them, pictures of flowers on them from the outside world. Where the fuck are you getting those pictures? <laughs> You're tiny. There's no way you go up to the surface and take pictures. <laughs> Also, the big city, we see that they have idols and, like, skyscrapers. Uh, would you call it a skyscraper if it's underwater? Yeah, I um, guess. It's surface scrapers. a fucking windmill. <laughs> um, surf surface scraper? 
yeah wait wave scraper maybe um surf scraper i hate this i hate every moment of this you could have done interesting <laughs> shit this show has commitment issues you could have done some interesting shit with the windmill thing because they talk about how this sugar this sugar they're fucking crack cocaine that all these people gotta be fucking high out of their fucking minds they, they tell you that they make this sugar based on this windmill system that makes sugar and they they make the sugar based on this you could have done interesting things with like the seasons because currents are seasonal. So you sort of said it's a middle of sugar season because the currents are moving this direction Dean, and it works for the windmills. Dean, you're obviously not a chef. Everyone knows that the primary ingredient in sugar is windmill. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you, if, you, if you couldn't have guessed, this show is not designed for us. Um this is like for young girls, probably middle age or younger even, who enjoy cute things and also it happens to be mermaids. And it's just it's very much kind of just like a slice of life, very easygoing. Like I say, I had kind of like Animal Crossing vibes. Um, it just also happened to be dumb. Dumb and bad. <laughs> the the conversations don't make any fucking sense. How They're just talking about shit that we have no clue. How does gravity work in this world? Because apparently all the sand and shit is floating in the water and and makes the the light from the sun a little bit darker. And so when the great tide comes in, it sweeps it away. But if you have a sandwich, the sandwich like falls onto the fucking plate. It doesn't just kind of float there in front of you. It's like SpongeBob rules, except SpongeBob like kind of calls itself out. Um, this one has like this really weird mix of like acknowledging they're underwater without actually acting like they're underwater. They never commit to it. SpongeBob commits to being underwater. They have scenes where they'll have a campfire and somebody says a campfire underwater and it immediately goes out. Like they call <laughs> it out that they're mm -hmm. underwater and they commit to it. The squirrel lives in a dome. In this world, you just have your squirrel walking around. This is this this world is is well, inherently broken. These were all sea creatures so far. Um, we haven't seen any like land mammals. Also, why are they wearing skirts? <laughs> Their bottom hat is fish. <laughs> that was something that was actually a little bit weird to me. The um, I'm not sure if we've ever actually seen the lower half of the um, the cafe owner, um, but like she's got like this open back dress thing going on. And that goes down way too far for her whole lower yeah. half to be fish. Where does the fish start? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's a little odd. Uh, maybe that's just like the deep mystery. She's actually just a human who somehow manages to live underwater. Um, also, they're like, uh, there were so many shots in the show where they kind of like everyone has like these weird expressions and reaction to things. Um, well, the drawings and they also bad. do. It's they, they do a lot oh, where the, the art style is ass. <laughs> it is dog shit. The, there was oh my god and the animation nothing's animated they just take the paper cut out of a character model and move it around to make it look like it's floating and nothing's animated in this show and, and everybody looks like they have fetal alcohol syndrome <laughs> and on the occasions where they like do try to animate the fins to make it look like the girls are swimming nothing moves like you would expect it's kind of just flailing around and also the person is magically being propelled the direction they want to go the <laughs> physics are inherently broken in this show everything's <laughs> inherently broken in this show there's but, underwater tea to, to just harp on this a little more why are there roads in this world where we're going 
We don't need roads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm so angry that mm-hmm. somebody made this. <laughs> so I was when when I was writing our introductions for today, I wanted to use this show for our character introductions, but then I thought no, wait, what personality do any of these girls actually have? The one blonde girl can't make up her mind, specifically on things related to herself. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all the personality. Five, seven, eight characters in the show, and we have that <laughs> one personality trait. And an otter, a little teeny tiny otter that for some reason just hangs out with them. Oh, the, the mascot character, yeah. I, I'm I I I this um there's a to I I'm 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 sitting here and I'm watching this show and the first time I tried to watch it it put me to sleep um so I'm sitting here and I'm trying to watch this show and it's like every time a new scene begins there's something else that doesn't make any fucking sense every single time. Every you just need time. to learn. You just need to learn to relax, Dean. You need to like go out to the country, get back in touch with nature, learn to let things go. This clearly isn't trying to be the show that makes sense. It's just a nice, <laughs> happy slice of life underwater. That's true. That's true. But is it underwater though? Because they have windmills. It's not. Confused. It's, I I take issue with them calling the show a slice of life. The show's not. A slice of life. It's like it wants to be the, cute girls doing cute things, but it has less plot than any other cute girls doing cute things show. <laughs> slice of life is like necessarily grounded in reality. That's what mm-hmm. makes it slice of life. This is like mermaids doing a four-year-old's idea of mermaid things. Mm-hmm. If you want to watch a show for 12-year-old girls that has mermaids in it, Netflix has a fine uh, original animated show, it's H2O, it's a whole series, it's fine, it's, it's, it's dumb, and it's a t- show for 12-year-old girls, but it's fine. Um, this is just bad. Do not subject your children to this. If you make your kids watch this, <laughs> this is child abuse to make your children watch this. This is so bad. Also, and I know, I know this wasn't addressed, but classic question, how do they fuck? <laughs> well, they did say that they were shell sisters, and so they just emerged from shells. Um, so maybe there's something about the way that the oysters uh, what's, reproduce. What's that... the equivalent of a stork, but in the ocean? <laughs> like In this show, it would just a be a flying, stork. A flying fit. <laughs> A stingray, a manta ray. <laughs> yeah, that's an actual fish. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, everyone knows that the the manta ray delivers shells, and the fish hatch out out of the. Sh- I fuck. I don't know. I Is there no a idea. CG movie about a a baby mermaid that runs the stork delivery service that? Who's uh who's a boss of this corporation? Is there is there a movie about that? Oh uh, yes. All right, so fan theory time. <clears throat> um, <laughs> this is actually uh, these are all just like 
genetically modified organisms that were created in a lab. Um, and that's why all the buildings underwater look like human structures. It's actually just kind of like this. They, they don't know it yet, but they're actually in like kind of this like aqua world kind of thing um, where they're just kind of like being observed by, you know, humans who scientists um, are sitting there making notes. <laughs> just can't decide on what kind of cake they want. <laughs> that's why there are only four girls that exist in this town. Um <laughs> But five yeah. is such a pretty number. Or yeah, it's like a perfect number. I what? Forget. And then, and then someone's like, too. and then someone's like, hmm, I agree with that. And then the other one's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I I I identified with that girl. Like, what? What are you? Why? How? <laughs> I don't get that it. Made no sense. You just needed a line of dialogue so you could have your voice. You had your voice actor for one day, and you wanted to make sure that you covered everything you could possibly need. And so you just had her say nonsense. And just what, like everyone looked happens? so very concerned the whole time. Like there was this one shot that stands out to me when the mayor's asking the girls if they can do her a favor. And they all kind of like have a surprised look like, huh? And like even the cafe owner is kind of like has this like worried expression on her face. Like, what are you going to ask these girls to do? People is everything all right? Favors? <laughs> is it the end of the world? <laughs> Man, this show is just, it has commitment issues. It doesn't want to commit to being underwater. And it's just, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. The dialogue is bad. The, the animation's bad. The, the character models are bad. The, the, the physics are bad. Everything is bad. And this show is bad. I agree. <laughs> Chris, you want to give us your scores for this show? Yes. Uh, so my title for this episode is Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle Colorful Pastoral. Something's fishy in Perel. Um, <laughs> and so did the premise interest me? No, for obvious reasons. I mean, again, I, I've said already, I think this is a show for a target audience that is definitely not us. Um, but because it's definitely not geared toward us, it didn't interest me. Uh, did the production impress me? No, um, there were moments when the art style like looked very intentional, but it also just wasn't super well made. Um, it wasn't terrible production value. It just wasn't impressive. Um, did the storytelling impress you? No, for obvious reasons. Um, did the did I enjoy the first episode? No, also for obvious reasons. And did the first episode make me interested to see more? No, for obvious reasons. So straight zeros. Question. Are mm-hmm. there mermen? In this world, we didn't see any. That's one of the questions that I had about reproduction. I've seen no <laughs> men. All the men in the show, the male characters in the show, are animals. What does that mean? <laughs> Again, it leads, lends credence to my uh, my scientific engineering thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, what, what you're describing is sea monkeys. You're just describing people who have taken sea monkeys and they're just watching them really closely and let them evolve over the course of thousands of years into these mer people. <laughs> Dean, what are your scores for this show? I could guess. Zero. Fucking zeros. Nothing is good here. Um, <clears throat> like, I, I understand it being for a target audience and kids don't give a shit. They're going to watch it anyway and they're going to think it's good. Um, but as someone who has never grown past the age of 13 and actually watches children's shows and enjoys them sometimes. Uh, Batman Brave and the Bold is, is an example I use all the time. It's a show for seven-year-old boys, and I love it. Um, the, the, you can make a kid's show that's not bad because kids know the difference. That's one of the reasons that shows like uh, 
they talk about it when you watch uh, uh, mini docs or something like that about like X Men, uh, the animated series, or you know Batman, the animated series. Some of these old animated shows that were really, really solid shows, and then the kids thing came second. Um, that and and those are the shows that stick with us forever. Those like Batman the animated series is is still huge because it was good not because it was batman because there've been bad batman shows that nobody remembers and it's not because it was it was anything other than just a really good show and it happened to be for kids same story with x-men the animated series um things like that so <clears throat> while i'm tempted to give them a huge break just because of the audience and i would for a thing like spongebob spongebob's great and it's, it has some of the same illogical things in it, but it's a good show. It's entertaining and fun. Um, this was none of that. The scenario is not interesting. The production did not impress me. In fact, I thought it was bad. Uh, the storytelling was disjointed and broken, and the dialogue doesn't help that. Uh, I didn't enjoy watching it, and I'm not interested to see any more of this. Uh, Straight Zeros. Oh, did you give your title? Oh, my title is, uh, But How Do They Fuck? That's a strange first episode title for a children's show. <laughs> <laughs> Parents are wondering what their children are watching. Uh, for me, Bermuda Triangle Episode 1, The Beverly Hillbilly Submarine Expedition. Um, oh, God, that's perfect. That's so good. <laughs> straight zeros. Oh, this show was so bad and boring and bad. Um, oh, but hey. Look on the bright side. It's not even the worst show we have to talk about today. <laughs> God damn it. Which brings us to our next show. Chris, do you want to tell us about Meiji Tokyo Renka? Uh, I could. Uh, looks like Dean is our our dude for this. You're right. Oh, Dean, yeah. you want to tell okay. us about uh, uh, Meiji Tokyo Renka? Sorry, I just completely <laughs> looked at the wrong row on the screen. We've been very disoriented by that last show. Um, <laughs> We've actually lost brain cells by actually <laughs> talking about that show for any amount of time. Like, um, I, I didn't hate that show. It just wasn't good. I, I thought it was so bad, especially <laughs> as a kid show. I'm like, come on, kids are still doing this. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, it's... Oh, anyway, Major Tokyo Rinka. So... Uh, this is an isekai, but we go to the past. I want to get that clear right off the bat. So, <clears throat> as a kid, this person, um, sees orbs that are floating. A lot of orbs this episode. Um, this kid sees orbs that are floating that are like spirits. And she's talking to him and her friends get scared at like her fifth birthday or some shit. And then it goes with her throughout the rest of her life. And so she wears headphones and listens to music to drown out the voices. Uh, she needs help, but she's not going to get it because this is anime. Uh, so she's drowning out the voices with these headphones and the kids are like all the other people her age. She's in high school at this point. All the other people her age are like, she, this is the weird girl that sees ghosts. She's the weird girl. Uh, fine, whatever. Um, she walks by a street magician who's doing a street magic show, except on a stage. And he has this magical box and he's like, I have this magical box. And, uh, uh, he's, you know, like the, the things disappear when I put him in this magical box. And so he calls her out specifically in the crowd and he's like, you get in my magical box. And she does. And she goes it takes up some persuading, she, but yeah, yeah, she gets in the magical box 
And uh, she's like super relaxed in this magical box. And then she, bam, gets teleported into the past. Uh, she doesn't know it's the past yet because this is an isekai. So she gets teleported into the past and she meets this dude who is a traditional anime hot guy and his friend who is shorter traditional anime hot guy. She almost What's gets up? run over by his carriage first. Oh, yeah. And the carriage's <laughs> wheels have brakes. I, I noticed that. Mm, yeah. yeah. Because as the carriage is... <laughs> As the carriage is stopping, it, like, zooms in on the wheels locking up. Uh, okay, whatever. I don't. Because carriage oh. wheels have brakes, don't you know? <laughs> I mean, they could, technically. You could, and be, I'm sure They wouldn't work have. the same ways they do now, but, yeah. I'm sure some have, but it just doesn't make any real sense to me, like, to have that be the thing you zoom. Not the horses. You could have the funny sort of animated thing where the horse's legs stiffen, and they... You know what I mean? Like, you can have that. But no, instead, they show us the wheels on a carriage locking. What the fuck? Anyway, so uh, out, out of the carriage steps a traditional anime hot guy who's tall and traditional anime hot guy who's short. And they're like, come with us, yeah, girl we just met. And she's like, uh, oh, okay, I'll go with you, strangers. And she, what? What strange they, fashion? They, they were going to offer to take her home. And she was like, no, I'm fine. And then when she can't remember her where her home is or where she is, um, the tr- traditional anime hot guy number one is like, oh, I'll, in that case, you have to come with us. And I'm going, right. blow, th- this is when you blow the rape whistle. Like, this is how rape happens. <laughs> Run. In any Don't case, get into carriages with strange people. Exactly. So she does that. She does exactly that. <laughs> and uh, immediately, as soon as I saw that there were two traditional anime hot guys, my first note after that point, after I realized this is an isekai, my first point is reverse harem. No, oh, it's, it's an otome. It's, it's, it, was, it was very yeah. clearly an otome from like the first three seconds. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't, I, I didn't figure that out oh, until yeah. she no, was this... already in the other world and there were two traditionally anime hot guys. Literally, the like, opening oh, okay. shot of this anime before it... It is the OP, but before the music really even kicks in, the opening shot happens, and I'm I'm just like, I would like to send this anime a cease and desist, please. <laughs> Hello, yes, this See, is I, this is I, Ryan. I, I would I like totally to sue anime. <laughs> I was <laughs> I would like to sue anime. <laughs> the, the court records, like we referred to this back, like in you know law schools are going to be studying the the case of um Porter, Porterfield versus anime. The uh, anime, I should say. <laughs> um. So yeah, she goes to the. They're going to a party. They're going to a ball, and so they go to this ball. And she's at this ball. She feels awkward, and everybody thinks she's a slut because she's wearing a skirt from her high school, and that's fun. Whatever. So she's uh she sees somebody with roast beef walking, and she loves roast beef. She super loves roast beef. And I was like, oh, okay, fine, fucking whatever. Quirky character gives a shit. I'm so random. I love roast beef. Exactly. (laughs) And she follows this, uh, she follows this roast beef, uh, and, and she follows the dude care and she bumps into him and the dudes, it flies and it lands in the hand of another traditionally hot guy, anime guy. And he freaks out because someone else has touched it and he throws it. And another traditionally hot guy, anime hot guy catches it. And These guys are just all so graceful, by the way. Like, <laughs> sandwich goes flying, 
hmm, I seem to have caught a sandwich. <laughs> and so Where did this sandwich come from? Plate of roast beef. <laughs> and then uh, oh, other, plate of roast things, beef, yeah. other things happen, and then she sees the magician. And the magician who sent her in the box is there. How is he there? <laughs> and so she goes over to him, and she says, Hey, magician, you did this to me, you fucking prick. Take me home, you piece of shit. She doesn't do that because that would make too much sense. Instead, she's just like, what's going on? And he's like, hey, I didn't think that would work. I didn't think I could send a human away from their home and their family into a time that they're not familiar with. But that's what I did to you. And she's like, okay. And then he makes the lights go out and he disappears. And then a ghost fox appears. And and and, and, and she can see it. And apparently only a couple of other people can see it. Because it's running around, knocking things down, messing with people. And nobody seems to know what's happening. And then one guy sees it. And then another guy sees it and pulls a sword on it. He's going to kill the thing. And she dives in and saves the fox. And they're like, so you're a word that means you a person who can see ghosts. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then the fox disappears when the lights come back on. And the, that's the, how all the, work. <laughs> exactly. And all of the hot guy, traditionally hot guy, anime hot guys are apparently able to see the thing too. And so they're all just kind of staring at her. And then the episode ends and I'm sitting there with my mouth agape going, what the f- why? So what's interesting, too, is um, I don't know if it's just uh, like in the context of this universe or if they actually are historical figures. But she starts recognizing a bunch of their names like, oh, you're so and so who's famous for this thing. Yeah, you're you wrote um, this like authors that everybody reads now. And you, you yeah, did like this this music and this play mm-hmm. or this fashion guy or whatever. Yeah, like, like the traditional hot guy number one <clears throat> is like some sort of army surgeon who I guess was in theory important to history or something like that. Um, so in case you couldn't tell by the title, this is set in the Meiji period, which I think was like 1860s through like 1912-ish, um, which is actually kind of interesting because the whole show's got this kind of aesthetic of some traditionally Japanese stuff mixed with a lot of like new, kind of like modern Western things for the time. So very like interesting. on carriage wheels. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a very interesting like aesthetic. Like the, the Meiji period has like this really cool blend of kind of like traditional Japanese with modern Western. And and Victorian um, England too is is in mm-hmm. there quite a bit. All the dresses are like hoop dresses and things like mm-hmm. that. It's, it's it's very um Too bad the aesthetic of this show is ass. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, Dean, you missed two very important parts in your recap. The first is that Did when I? she when she wakes up after being sent back in time, she pulls out her phone, and because it's the past and there isn't any cell signal, the entire operating system on her phone glitches out and the screen goes wonky and then it turns itself off. Uh, because that's how phones and phone signal works. And the second is that at the very end of the show, when the guy has his sword pointed at her and she's on the ground trying to protect the fox, which is no longer there because they turned the lights back on, the army lieutenant guy says, I would appreciate it if you didn't threaten my fiance. What? <laughs> because every girl's dream is to have a sword pointed at her in the and have some guy you just met five minutes ago who's clearly trying to rape you confess his love in the form of exclaiming that you're engaged, not even giving you any no say agency in the matter. In so the matter we talked earlier about... If there's about... one thing girl, we know that girls like, it's not having any agency. Yeah, that's... that's <sighs> they, well, isn't that, isn't that what every girl wants, is to have some random dude say, hey, we're engaged? 
<laughs> Especially only if he's hot. Creepy ass. Uh, actually, there's yeah, maybe. But, anyways, <laughs> but it's, it's like we, we talked about earlier with like the in theory, like every guy's dream is to have some girl want to have sex with you for no reason. Um, it's kind of like the reverse of that, where like you just like want some dude for no particular reason to see you and think you're cute and sweep you off your feet and all this different stuff, and like both that are kind of like equally unhealthy fantasies. Right. But then at the same time, um, this is uh, creepy as shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, everything about this show is bad. When, when the main red hair guy gets out of the carriage after it almost hits her and he's helping her up, it's like this is unwanted contact, the anime. He, like, has one hand on her chest and the other arm, like, completely around her. Like, face to face, like, all right, this is how you stand up as I pull you up <laughs> with our body only six inches of space between us. I can't even find the words. This show, this is the show that made me angry. I didn't like, <laughs> um, I didn't like Bermuda Triangle. This show made me angry. This show didn't make me angry so much as I was just like, it was mind-numbing in its stupidity. It was, it just, oh, I get, I get Otome. I understand Otome. Otome's fine and cool, and it's actually good that it exists as a genre, but, um, what? I legitimately just want a good Otome. Why is every Otome we cover trash? I think there's some inherent misogyny. (laughs) that exists in the genre as a whole or in anime as a whole yeah (laughs) it's kind of like this is what the girls want right and then like society just kind of reinforces to them that like this is what you should want and so that's what girls end up wanting just because they've been told their whole lives that this is what i don't know exactly and you can't be an astronaut you're a girl you want to be a princess uh, (laughs) and it it Um, feels very much like that Mm-hmm. I feel like, though, there is a very important question in chat that we need to uh, address here. So Termi in chat says, how do you guys keep watching shows that make you angry? I would just turn it off. Um, that is because, Termi, we are professional animes. Um, <laughs> we are professional animes. <laughs> I mean, it's only it's only 20 minutes. And like, right. we covered six or seven shows every two weeks. It's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> and even when it does feel like 40 minutes, there's typically a couple of shows a season that make it all worth it. And... Um, I do. This is not one of those shows. <laughs> I do also enjoy, in kind of like a, a masochistic way, watching shows that I deeply hate. There's, mm. there's like, I enjoy watching really good shows. There are shows that are fun, but but are bad that I enjoy watching. And then there are shows that I, I actively dislike watching, and that makes me kind of enjoy. I guess dislike watching isn't the right word. Shows that make me angry which I enjoy because they're like a good hate watch. Mm. Yes. And this, this, this show has every potential to be a great hate watch because it's, um, so bad. There's Mm. the, there's the, the, the whole, this isn't, look, this isn't as bad as conception in its, um, sexual confusion. Let's say, um, it is, however, deeply disturbing in that, it, it plays off this idea of, uh, yeah, you're my fiance. What? Uh, yeah, you're my, no, she doesn't even say what. It's like, yeah, you're my fiance. And she's like, uh, every girl's and, dream. Exactly. And this is all happening is, so fast, but he's hot. <laughs> I mean, it 
it's it's there. That's that's what the <laughs> show is. This is these are traditionally hot guy anime hot guys. <laughs> um, I mean, there there are parts of the show that like. I don't hate, at least in concept, like the idea of going back to this time period and meeting famous people and like seeing like what they're actually like. That's kind of fun. Um, and like there were some moments that were like a little bit funny and a little bit quirky and um, like not all of it was god awful um, until you kind of like step back and realize like big picture. This is all pretty god awful. Yeah, um, exactly. I don't know. Like, like I said, it's a lot of shows. It's hard to say that any given show is completely 100 percent trash. Um, most of them, because like you have people working on these things that try, you know, they got people that like, you know, do put a little bit of effort into their work and try to be clever and do some fun stuff. Typically it's like the um, artists, cause like, even if the writers don't care, the artists mm-hmm. might. And so the show might look great, even if it's a dog shit storytelling or, mm-hmm. you know, there's just something like there's, there's typically something to find in a show that's redeemable. Um, I don't think that's here. No, I'm not sure this show's redeemable. No. The dialogue's bad. Yep. The writing's bad. The storytelling's yep. bad. Yep. The art's bad. Mm-hmm. The 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 character interactions are bad. Uh, the actually the one one other behind it is bad. <laughs> one other thing though that I did kind of like, um, as kind of um, cliches, it was is the way that they sort of set up the girl being able to talk to ghosts and how like they had the thing at the birthday party where she's having fun and then she starts just like talking to her friends and assumes that everyone else can see and hear them too and then everyone's just kind of like in kind of a comical way just kind of like start like backing off slowly yeah yeah um the show doesn't get bad until it's and the fact that like she like starts to present that fact and so like the thing with like listening to the music to drown it out and everything and she starts hearing voices and she'll just like intentionally cut it off like that's that's not bad that's kind of like an interesting character thing that's um, a story i'm interested in i'm interested in her slice of life i'm not mm-hmm. interested in this isekai i also didn't really like that angle because at that birthday party she was totally still in the age a little to the late end but she was still in the age range where it's like acceptable to have imaginary friends and like mm-hmm. people understand what that concept is and so like defaulting to ghosts and being weirded out by it felt dumb to me it felt forced but it it set up the character in a way that just like that i i was interested in this character and who she was and her life up until it became an isekai and then it's like oh god fucking damn it shit this is gonna be so bad and then it was so bad and another world with ghost voices (laughs) oh fuck well, she's in another world with her smartphone. It just doesn't work. Um, and like that, <laughs> the way that it sort of crapped out reminded me of um, just kind of like time paradox thing of just like the phone realizing, oh, crap, programming hasn't been invented yet and just kind of flashes out of existence. <laughs> it goes um, away. You go back in time and suddenly the, the, the computer you had with you realizes it's not supposed to exist. <laughs> it's a reverse <laughs> Y2K. <laughs> uh yeah, that's it was uh boy howdy, it was not good. And and that's the thing is it set up a character who I was kind of interested in. Um that kind of standoffish walking around with headphones on, you know, that kind of thing. I dig that. That's honestly because that's kind of me. And um I was interested in this character and and her life and then it turns into this isekai and then it turns into a battle tome and it's like never mind. Uh question how many hot dudes were there in this show? There were like quite a few, right? I think we were um, introduced to the first five, and then there's gonna be more later because the the OP had like seven, didn't they? 
Yeah, that's what know. I was thinking. It's, it was like up, upwards of seven, but there were two yeah, there in the was... carriage and three. Mm-hmm. At the, there were two in the carriage and three at the party. The germaphobe, the germaphobe's friend, and the guy with the sword. Uh, and the author. The three we meet at the party. Oh, there were there were four. At the party Unless the germaphobe's friend friend was also the author. Yes, he was. Okay. Yeah. There was also the magician. He's one of the mm-hmm. guys. Right. Right. Is he part of the harem? I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure based on the OP. Okay. Jesus Christ. Which leads me to my question. Why are there so many dudes in Otome? Like, an average harem is four or five girls. A small harem is, like, two or three. A micro harem, as it were. A pico harem is one. <laughs> <laughs> but an Otome harem is, like, a mega harem. It's, like... Seven plus dudes in your harem. Like, too many dudes. Uh, I think what the closest good harem anime that has, like, almost this many people is... Or it does have this many people by the time you get to, like, the the third season is DXD. Um, I guess that's fair. DXD has a a lot. But DXD... It also, like... Not all of those are consistent recurring characters. The, like, the consistent characters, there's four. Four Well, and here's the catch. Is that, um, you know, even if it is kind of like your traditional, like, VN style, Otome, Harem, whatever, um, not all of them necessarily are branches. So you could have a bunch of hot dudes, but all, not all of them might have endings. Yeah, maybe, maybe four of them are options. Mm-hmm. Or three of them are options, really. Um, and you can tell, though, because of the size of this harem, the fucking's never going to happen. Which it's, is my, my least favorite thing about harem anime. This is, like, at this point, she's got to have some analysis paralysis, right? Like, that is, right. that is too many options. I'm surrounded <laughs> by too many hot dudes, and apparently I'm already marrying one of them. <laughs> oh, but it's true. She doesn't have to make her decision. The guys just obviously get to fight over yeah, her. The decision, yeah, the decision's <laughs> made for her in the first episode. Or we're led to believe it's not going to happen. She's not going to marry the guy. Um, that would kill the show, but it's like, Jesus. So ratings for this show, Dean, you want to, uh, lead us off? Okay. So, um, looking at what we score based on, I can't find anything to get a point on. Nothing was like impressive. The scenario doesn't interest me because Isekai fucking, I'm sick of it. Um, it's more like alternate history Otome, I think, than Isekai. Yeah. That still doesn't doesn't make me want to watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't find the production. I thought was bad. Um, the storytelling I thought was pretty bad. I didn't really like watching it. I I don't want to see anymore. I think the show gets a zero, and I, it's. It's not really the worst show I've ever seen. If I really wanted to try, I could justify giving it a point, but I don't want to. Uh, and title? Oh, my title for the show is Kidnapping is Cool as Long as the Guys Are Hot. <laughs> uh, for me, Meiji Tokyo Renka, how, how to Get Married in Two Easy Steps. You Won't <laughs> Believe. Uh, straight <laughs> zeros for me. I I hated this show more than I hated Bermuda Triangle, as I said earlier. Uh, nothing here gets this show a point. It is bad and infuriating. Chris? 
Uh, so, Meiji Tokyo Renka episode one, magically transported to the Bokeh period. Um, did the premise interest <laughs> me? Uh, no. Uh, did the production impress me? No. Uh, storytelling? No. Enjoy the first episode. Didn't hate, also didn't enjoy. Um, did the first episode make me interested see more? No. Made it pretty, pretty clear what it was, and I know that I'm not interested in that, so. Uh, it, it's, um... Boy, the OP music is interesting. I don't. Yeah, that, that was another one. It. So, it's so jazz. many Otome this one included have kind of the um, like out of world. Like, here's our cast doing cool, fun stuff and like totally different aesthetic than the actual show. Yeah, the music um, was good though. The, the The OP itself wasn't great, but I did like the music. It was mm-hmm. jazz, basically. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I can say for the show. The buy the album. I guess. <laughs> buy the album. <laughs> uh, buy, don't buy the VN. Buy the soundtrack to the VN. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, Goodness, uh, that, that was... Oh. <clears throat> brings our total for this show to a zero. The streak of uh, zeros starts. Will it stop? <laughs> yes, it will. not. Uh, all right, oh, well. so our because next show. Because I actually like the next show. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Our next show. Sorry. Is <laughs> My Roommate is a Cat. And uh, this show starts with a scene where our main character, it's the funeral of our main character's parents. Both of them died in a car accident. And none of it matters. It doesn't matter. We're not led to believe that our main character is affected by this in any way. It's just like a day that he doesn't have to go into the office. Like, uh, it's unfortunate (laughs) I'm at my parents' funeral, I guess. And then it's never brought up again. A lot of dead parents this episode, too. Orbs and (laughs) dead parents. Oh, yeah. I was trying to think of it, but yeah, Domestic Girlfriend was the other show. Um, yeah, and so uh, then we move on and we find out, find out that our main character is an author. Um, and his editor buys him books and calls them reference material. And the editor took our main character to a popular cafe, and our main character isn't like, oh, the food's great, or I really like the at the decorate. He yells at his editor because there's people there, and he can't think. He can't read because it's noisy. <sighs> Fine, whatever. All right. Put on headphones, dude. That's what I learned he's, from he's, the last show we like- talked about. He's basically like a high functioning neat. Like he's not technically a neat, but he's kind of got that disposition with the ability to go out in public if he needs to. But yeah, he doesn't like he's it. A, he comes off as a bit of an artist, if you will. Uh, That's a weird way of saying artist. <laughs> I don't remember when, but at some point in the show, we get a flashback to the time when our main character was a child and he was reading a book in a library and two children spoiled the book for him in a conversation and it scars him for life because he doesn't like people <laughs> taking away the uh, the power of his imagine the ability for him to imagine what is going to happen in the future that's not how spoilers 
work. Also, we know for a fact that spoilers don't ruin your enjoyment of a show. People just think they do. Spoilers don't matter. Grow up. Uh, I mean, there there are, there, there are a few spoilers here and there where they're like, sometimes I've been told something. It doesn't ruin the experience for me, but there are things that I do wish that I would have just encountered Real in the moment organically. Like Real mysteries are like that. Real mysteries yeah. where someone tells you the way it's going to turn out. Like if there's a big question in a show and somebody's like, here's how that gets resolved. Yeah, no, that's not good. But I mean, just an event that happens, nobody really cares about. Um, and frankly, like I've, I've never been bothered by spoilers of that nature. Um, Leg- even if they do kind of tell the exact end of the story. Legitimately, I, there there is a show um, I watched recently. Uh, I actually may have talked about this on the podcast before. Um, the Good Place. I only watched that show because someone told me how season one ended, and that was the thing that made me interested in the show. If I didn't know mm-hmm. how The Good Place season one ended, absolutely would not have watched it. Uh, probably still yeah, shouldn't that's, have. That's a show but. that's actually that's actually well. I mean, it's a it's probably the best network comedy on television right now. Um, which isn't saying much because network comedies are by definition typically not good. But um, it it is probably the best network comedy on TV. It's better than Big but, Fucking Bang. I'm so glad Big Bang's been displaced by that show. But by by definition, they're not very good. Like you go onto the Wikipedia and you look up network comedy, and it says a genre of TV show that is not good and yeah. <laughs> shows a shows common denominator attempted comedy. <laughs> show, shows that are good actually fall under a subcategory. That <laughs> actually, yeah, the rare one that gets picked up by by like AMC or something like that later on in its life. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, getting back Wait, to uh, that, that, that category is actually called uh, cable bait. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh man, you're right. Getting back to uh, my roommate as a cat. Uh, so our main care at uh, this flashback happens at some point during the episode when it doesn't matter. This flashback doesn't matter. It, all it does is explain a thing which our main character exposits to himself later in the show which is that he doesn't like spoilers he likes to imagine what's going to happen in the story which uh, never mind i'm not gonna get into that i i <laughs> that's not typically how a person engages with a plot un- unless again it's an actual mystery like an actual mystery you want you can guess like oh this person seems suspicious blah, blah, blah. doesn't that's doesn't the, he specialize in mystery like that's that's his thing i don't know that i i wasn't given that impression that he the the, I think they said at one point like what sort of author he was, and I think it was a mystery author. I'll look that up, but keep going. Uh, it's possible because, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> so our main <laughs> character goes to uh, the graveyard, visit his dead parents, and he burns some incense, and he has lunch, and a cat jumps out and steals his lunch, and he goes, "Oh, a cat! That'll be great inspiration for my next book." So he takes the cat home. Uh, yeah, he's a um, he's a mystery writer. Apparently. Okay, well that makes a little bit more sense. And I am slightly less. Yeah, yeah. Angry, and it also makes now. a little bit more sense about the kind of book he was writing mm-hmm. because later on mm. he's the the scenes that that are inspired by the cat are a little dark. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so he takes the, the cat home and starts writing his next novel, and his editor approves the premise for his book and says, all right, have, have your, the first chapter to me by the end of the month, which seems like really quick turnaround, but... Uh, if you're a full-time writer, that's doable. Is it? All right. Yeah. Yeah, you can do 30 pages in a month. It's, it's, it's especially of fiction. I also get I the impression he might be... A, uh, I turned around a 30-page academic paper in a week. And that was uh, hard. That was that was a week. <laughs> um, no, I, especially too, if he's like a light off, light novel author, mm-hmm. like those chapters aren't super long yeah, either. That's, so that's true. Uh, and so basically, the rest of the episode is the hijinks of a cat and our author, who apparently has never seen a cat before, being amazed by all the things cats do and uh writing a book about a cat who's a spy or a uh i don't know the, the cat is like the serial killer that's trying like the a cat's trying to yeah, kill me was like the, the premise yeah. of the book and so he interprets the things the cat does as kind of like they they like the cat does something kind of quirky and just cat like and he's like his mind takes it to some other place like, ooh, that gives me this really great idea for a book. Like, the cat's doing this to cut me off in order to, I don't know. Um, His editor so. sends him some reference material on cats, and we find out that reference material is just magazines. And the editor's like, turns out there's a lot of books on cats, and I'm looking at that going, those are magazines. They're going to be <laughs> monthly, and if you're including that in what you consider reference materials, there's going to be way more than you could possibly consume. <laughs> I don't know, some of those might have just been, like, kind of, um, so, like, the picture books, like, the ones that come to mind, not quite encyclopedias, but almost, like, um, like, DK, or was that what it was? It, it was, like, that one publisher that does, like, all the kids' things, and it's, like, it's got, like, diagrams, and they'll, like, break down the different parts of stuff, and... There was one that seemed kind of like it was, like, cat care for dummies. Mm-hmm. But, they, but it was magazines. It was weird magazine format. It yeah, was, it was magazine size, and it was it was strange. Yeah, I definitely got the impression that they were magazines, not like books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then our main character apparently forgets to eat and sleep when he gets close to deadlines, and so he forgot to eat and sleep, and he passed out at his door. But luckily, his cat had been bringing him food, and he eats the food. Finishes the chapter, passes out, his editor comes to check up on him, sees that he's passed out, breaks into the house, calls the guy to repair the glass, gets, wakes up our main character. There's no indication that he, like, brought any food or anything for our main character to eat. He's just fine having after consumed cat food now, I suppose. (laughs) Uh, And then the show ends. Or no, no. Well, first, then yeah. no. The the show tells us the same story, but from the perspective of the cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, we we get a thing where like both of our characters are Sundere, and we're like <laughs> claiming that they don't really want to stay. Uh, our our main character is like, if you act up, I'm gonna kick you out, and the cat's like, well, you obviously need me to watch over you, so I guess I'll hang out. Even though I don't want to be here. Well, actually, I think what he said is that, like, he, he repaid his debt, because, like, he took him yeah. in and fed him, and he was, like, starving before then. Um, right. 
and there's actually like this little thing too where like we have flashbacks of like i guess one of his um litter mates his like sister or something ends up dying of starvation and so that's why he's trying to like give the food to the guy because it's like no you're gonna die if you keep doing this we are at least um, led to believe that the cat is affected by the death of his sister but that mm-hmm. it's a cat that doesn't strike me as believable <laughs> even remotely no Honestly, um, but this is the thing about the show that I kind of like is that mm-hmm. our cat and our main character are the same person. Um, <laughs> our main character isn't great as far as a character goes, but the cat is actually. I like the character of the cat. I thought he mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So the cat was like basically like, OK, cool. I gave you made sure you ate some food, some of my food. I've repaid my debt. I'm going to leave now. But then the guy feeds him tuna and he's like, oh, my God, this is so delicious. I think I'll stick around. Nothing that happens in this show matters. There's nothing about this show that leads you to care about any of the characters in the show. It's just a story that's kind of thrust at you. Someone was like, have <laughs> a story! Show... You're like, but I don't want the story. <laughs> the story is going to happen whether you want it to or not. And you're like, well, all right, I guess. Okay, I guess I'm your fiance show. Um, the, <laughs> the, um, the, the thing that actually about this show that I, I, I wish the whole show did more of the cat perspective stuff because I actually like the cat character a lot. I don't, the, I don't really care for the main character, human. The half of the like show the that was from the cat's perspective was way more compelling than the show from the author's perspective. It still exactly. wasn't really and, compelling, and I, I but it was more compelling than. Mm-hmm. I found this show entertaining. I found especially entertaining the fact that he's apparently still on Windows XP on his laptop. Um, that was interesting. Uh, it, it, it was just it was just really really wholesome. I and that's I, a good way, that's a good word show. for it. <laughs> the show didn't like it didn't that, make me quite as mad as Meiji Tokyo Renka, but I did not enjoy the experience of watching this show. I thought it was really I thought it was really nice and wholesome. I was I, like, I thought it was oh. kind of cute, yeah. Like it um for, on the one hand and I've said this before of other even lesser shows that like I I kind of enjoy the author at work angle of it um cuz it's something that I can kind of relate to in some ways. Obviously I'm not a full-time writer but I do creative work and so the I can kind of relate to some of that. Not eating and sleeping when you're up against it is something that I definitely identified with. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. especially so, with uh mm-hmm. computer like stuff. I've gone hours and hours trying to fix problems with computers mm-hmm. and things and just not eaten or slept. It's like he's he's like in in a way, it's a little bit of an annoying trope in anime, just like the so extremely dysfunctional character, Um, like he gets his work done and like he overworks himself and stuff like that. And but like just kind of the extent to which he's like kind of socially reluctant and that sort of thing. It's like I can relate to that in a way or I can see it being relatable, but like taken to such an extreme, it gets a little bit obnoxious. So Um, a lot of times when people describe someone as being antisocial, they're using an incorrect phrase. What they're describing as being asocial, someone who doesn't right. behave uh, behave well. Not that's not someone who doesn't enjoy social interaction or and isn't feel good compelled at it. By, yeah. Anti yeah. to be antisocial is to like be it's aggressive. An actual disorder. You don't you mm-hmm. don't understand. Um, you have it ties in being antisocial personality disorder ties into not having empathy, not not just 
having a hard time understanding other people, which is awkwardness, but it's like actively not caring, actively not giving a shit about other people's situations or, or actively not having empathy. It's more of a, it's a, it's got a little bit more of a, um, maybe like the stronger term for that same sort of idea would be like psychopathic sociopathy Um, sociopathy yeah yeah Yeah. you can it it, taken to its it's it's uh if not addressed it can become sociopathy it's people do use the term antisocial incorrectly it's 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 more of a of a of a a social awkwardness and not wanting to be around other people is not the same thing as not feeling empathy for them Mm mm-hmm I, um, all of that is to say our main character in this show is antisocial. Yeah. To, yeah. He's not, he's not, he doesn't seem like, he doesn't seem like the kind of person who, he's the, he, he doesn't seem like the kind of person who would uh, be empathetic toward other people. And he's part of it too is that. that- and like part of it, too, is like he they, they set up the thing and the whole sort of like crux behind the show is that because his parents are dead, he doesn't really have anyone to look out for him. Um, and he kind of went through a decent chunk of his like probably like becoming an adult because um, I got the impression I, I could be wrong about this. I got the impression he was a teenager when his parents died. Mm-hmm. And so someone who's already antisocial now is growing up without parents and kind of is like allowed in a sense to just like sort of stay in his antisocial kind of state. Um, and then when the cat comes into the picture, it kind of starts to like open him up a little bit. He starts like having something else to care about. Um, and ideally what we're watching is this dude's heart growing, right? Because of mm-hmm. his cat. That's, that's the arc of the show. Um, yeah. It's, it's pretty obvious from the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the whole show to me, again, all those, all those problems, notwithstanding, I found the show stupid, wholesome and, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, it was stupid, but it was also really wholesome and cute. And I, I enjoyed my time watching it. It wasn't mm-hmm. amazing. I wasn't like, holy shit, this is this is so fucking good. Um, it's not. Mm-hmm. But it's It was a fun watch. Yeah, it was me. a wholesome yeah. thing to sit down mm-hmm. and, and enjoy. I can understand it bothering you, mm-hmm. Ryan. I, can I, I did kind of like the but... angle too of like they, they maybe even could have done this a little bit more of like we get the human's perspective on what's going on, and then we get the cat's perspective. And like it's all stuff like like if you know anything about cats, which he clearly didn't, like the whole thing, and I guess actually one of the books he read says like when the cat does this, it's like, you know, offering a tribute to you. Um and so, uh, like, you know, like little things about like the way that the quirky ways that cats interact with humans. But, um, I forget where I was going with that. I think I basically made my point. At one point um, the cat freaks out for no reason. And mm-hmm. then he peeks around a corner and he's like, you didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's, you didn't, you, uh, you scared me. Like he's <laughs> like, and cats do that. You'll walk around a corner and the cat sees you and it goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's where I was going with it. It's just like, I did kind of enjoy then like sort of seeing the other side of the thing. And like, even the cat's perspective fills in some of the blanks. Cause at first we don't know. It's like, wait, did I just eat a bunch of cat food? And he's not sure. Um, and then we find out that like, yes, you did. Cause from the cat's perspective, we're watching as he does that. Um, and apparently like wakes up, writes a few pages with hand, handwritten notes and then like crashes again. And then like, eats another handful, writes down a few notes and crashes again. He just doesn't remember that because that's probably like a dreamlike state. Yeah. So scores for this show. Uh, my roommate is a cat. Episode one. My owner is a sociopath. 
<laughs> Straight zeros. I didn't like anything about this show. Uh, wasn't interested in it at all. Really hate the main character. Chris? Uh, my Roommate is a Cat, Episode 1. My new roommate is concerned about my unhealthy work habits. Um, did the premise interest me? Um, no, not really. Um, it's not a premise that bugs me at all. It just doesn't seem like too particularly original. Um, the only thing that's quirky about it is just like the way, like the naming of it, considering your cat your roommate is, you know, obviously like, that's so odd. Um, did the production impress me? The title of the original (laughs) manga is my My housemate is my roommate sits on my lap and sometimes on my head Mm -hmm. which i actually find a little bit funnier mm -hmm. even right exactly but they didn't want to call it that for the translation (laughs) which makes sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um did the production impress me it was solid it just wasn't impressive uh nothing really stood out um did the storytelling impress me for the reasons I've already said, I thought that it was it was interesting and it was decent. It just wasn't impressive. Um, we've said before that like merely good doesn't mean impressive. So uh, no on that one. I did enjoy the first episode. I thought it was a fun watch. Um, I wasn't like in love with the show, but I definitely did enjoy my time with it. Uh, did the first episode make me interested to see more? I'm a little bit on the fence. Um, I think this is one that I could continue to keep watching. Was I compelled to by the first episode? No. So that would be a one overall for me, I guess. Dean? Yeah, I'm probably going to be uh, a little kinder to it, but not my much. Um, the scenario in- doesn't interest me at all. Uh, the production was not particularly impressive. The storytelling, though, I really enjoyed, especially when we go to the cat's perspective. I thought that was um, cool and fun and an interesting way to do it. And the things that we got from the cat's perspective, I actually really enjoyed getting. So I'm going to say, yeah, I think the storytelling did impress me. I did enjoy watching it. I'm not particularly interested to see more, even though I probably will sit down for like a palate cleanser and watch a couple episodes or something like that. But it's not because of the show. It's because of, uh, I think it's more me than the show. Hmm. If that makes any sense. Uh Um, so I think it's a two overall for me. Oh, and my title was, uh, my roommate is a cat episode one. My Nico, my writer. Nice. Oh, that brings our total score for this show to a three or twenty percent. Our last show, Chris. You want to tell us about flying babies or hula-ing babies? Yeah, hula-ing babies. I figured out after I watched it because, like, I think I actually texted you guys mm-hmm. in like all caps. Like, I understand now <laughs> because, like, everyone's like, "Is that hula-ing? We were just like trying to figure out what it was. Like, what language is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hula-ing, as in the verb to hula. Um. So yeah, they in live words, in a town, a I forget the name of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, they live in a town that's apparently the Hawaii of Japan. Um and in this town Isn't Japan the Hawaii of Japan? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> um or the, but anyway. Wouldn't, wouldn't the Hawaii of Japan be like an island way the hell away from the main set of islands, which just has like a bunch of native white people that settled it or like <laughs> I, my, um, <laughs> the, the way I read it is it's like we have like little China's and other like little countries in different cities. This is kind of like little Hawaii. Um, is oh, the way like I read a, it. like a, like kind of a, just an area or a neighborhood where there's a lot of Hawaiian influence. Probably. Yeah. 
That was, that was kind of my thought. Um, and so it can make sense because it's as far as like being Pacific Islands and, and things like that. OK, I'll give it to him. I don't <laughs> like it, but I'll give it to him. <laughs> apparently it's decently common too for japanese to go uh vacation in hawaii like there's a lot of kind of like americans and japanese mingling on hawaii because it's the midway point between the two and it's a popular vacation spot and all the hawaiians um, are just like our culture <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we won't get into um imperialism right now but that's uh, that's another another discussion for another day um <laughs> the um so there's this girl who apparently is 11, um, who's like big sister, like does like hula competitions or something like that. And she wants to do hula as well. And um, she and a friend have a hula club at school. And I guess there's only two of them. So it's being it's being threatened with shutdown potentially. Um, and she's like kind of got this uh, malaise because she felt like she was going to like, you know, be useful and bring joy to people's hearts, but has been working out or whatever. I don't know. Uh, we also get the sense that she's a little bit lazy. Um, um, she's like trying to get her uh, her classmate, her friend to let her copy her notes. Um, and this is a short. Um, so like we just have like a little bit of a after school. She's asking to see her notes and they go to the foot bath and she's enjoying some tea. And then she exposits a bit about what she wanted to do with hooling. Um and then they hear that there's a transfer student who's going to be moving in. And it's like, oh, well, if it's a girl, we should uh, get her to join the hula club. Um, and. Then we cut to school again, and uh, this girl like bursts into the classroom and then like flies out the window and like does like some crazy stuff and um, lands back inside and like kind of creates this shock wave and stuff like that. Apparently, she's half Finnish, half Japanese, and therefore she can't speak either Finnish or Japanese particularly well. Um, and uh, so she's just like this bundle of energy and our MC, like we got to her just in the classroom. She's like, um, and that's basically the, the first episode, the, um, the art style you'll, you'll see right away is extremely distinctive. It's so pretty. It's very good. I have mixed feelings about it. So on the one hand, it's really good. There's some shots that are better than others. Yeah. Um, There are also a lot of shots where, and like they, I don't mind this necessarily because they have like this very sort of overexposed color palette. The sky is basically white. So it kind of gives you this like sun washed sense. Um, And it's a little watercolory. It's got mm -hmm. a little bit of that watercolor. It's it's very pastel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, The issue that I run into is that because like there's no hard lines, like all of the characters are just kind of like flat, pastel colors on top of other flat pastel colors um so you sometimes run into some issues with contrast or um a picture being like too busy for these and like the characters are drawn like very sort of stylized and thin and lanky they've got Um, they're they're stylized that way they also have the the cool i think it's awesome the floaty hair mm -hmm. sort of situation where you Mm -hmm. have you'll have the hair drawn out to like here and it stops and then you Mm -hmm. have a a, some shape that would symbolize like a scrunchie or a hair tie and mm-hmm. then that there, there's space between where the actual like pigtails start and those just kind of float next to the person's head. And mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah, like the style that. was I think really that's fun. Really cool. Yeah, the style was really fun. I didn't enjoy that, but I just felt like there's some issues here and there with composition and mm-hmm. um, like if they if they had just done a few things differently, it could have had like this really cool, distinctive art style. But instead, just kind of felt like I see what you're going for, but it, it had it had its issues. It, it also looked like a lot of the backgrounds were just kind of like photoshopped, mm-hmm. like just photos that they heavily, heavily processed to make look that way. Um we also get uh, we're treated at the end to uh, this guy kind of like playing this ukulele while he's like spinning 
and our MC is like just like staring uh mouth agape at him and like they slowly zoom out to reveal him and he's just, like literally hovering at like a 45 degree angle and just sort of like spinning around on an axis I appreciate as he plays that. ukulele that was fun. um and like a little bit of hula music kind of going on but it's like I don't know if there's a particular term for it, but it's like he sings like a few words and then it sort of like talks for a bit and like chuckles and then sings a few more words and that's it. So it's very chill, very. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, again, I mentioned the stylization, like there's some stuff where um, when the girl is expositing about how like her hopes and dreams and why she's frustrated um there's like this sequence when like she like grows big and kind of like explodes in a sense over the town. Um, when she's falling asleep, she kind of like dissolves acid trip style into her bed. Um, so like, there's definitely like very stylistic presentations to this whole thing. It's not trying to be a, um, uh, I'm not thinking of the word that's on the tip of my tongue, but, um, it's not trying to be like super true to life. It's a sort of stylistic presentation of this story. um, and yeah, that's basically it. It's it's pretty fast paced for the most part, but mm-hmm. it, it does have a few moments where it breathes. It's not like a hundred and ten percent through the entire episode. It you you've got a little bit of room to breathe. Mm-hmm. It's not um mini Toji. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot else to say about this. It was really fun. I I mm-hmm. enjoyed it. I agree. There were there were some times where there was like a little too much happening on screen and with their art style, things kind of blended together and it was, it was hard to tell what was happening. You could just tell that things were happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say. I enjoyed it. I'm trying to think of what the art style reminds me of, like probably just a few other games or something that I've played. Um, and not just like, cause there's some games I've played where like the, like say the, the game booklet or the cover kind of has that style, but the actual end game graphics aren't that way. Um, the one that comes to mind and I'm not sure if this is right. In fact, now that I'm thinking about it, it does have a, a difference in style, but, um, there was this one game, uh, by the creators of Phoenix Wright, I believe. And it was called, I'm drawing a blank. Um, but basically, um, it's the story of this guy who dies and has like 24 hours before his soul just kind of like disappears into the ether. And it's this murder mystery thing where you're trying to um, uh, like you can kind of like backtrack by a certain number of seconds and then kind of just like uh, poltergeist with things in the world to make objects moving cause like a, it's a it's basically a puzzle game slash almost VN kind of deal where um, you uh ghost things in order to like cause chain reactions that lead to like say someone not getting murdered or something like that because it's always around like you back up a certain number of seconds or minutes before that person's death um and so like you're preventing a lot of different deaths but um there's one character in particular who you're trying like she's trying to investigate what it was that ended up causing your death um, and so she dies constantly and so you're constantly trying to like keep her from dying. Anyway, all that to say that it had a style that kind of reminds me a little bit of this, um, kind of like almost paper cut out. Um, that one had like a more, um, like a darker and bolder color scheme by comparison, whereas this one just like very light and pastel. Um, but it just kind of reminds me like shape wise and that sort of thing of that to some extent. Scores for this show, Chris. All right, so Hooling Babies, Episode 1, Enter Hulicopter Girl. Um, did the premise interest me? Um, 
Not really. I am like the the idea of dueling hula in an anime is kind of interesting. I've never really seen that done before, but it's not enough to like make me interested in the show. Uh, did the production impress me? Um, I'm going to say no, just because I did have such mixed feelings. It definitely stands out. If they just executed a little bit better, I might have been really into it. Um, did the storytelling impress me? Uh, I'm not going to say impress. It was it was pretty solid, um, given what it was, the length it characterized like really well, like the dialogue. Um, it's a little bit, you know, stereotypical anime in some places, but you get a sense of the characters pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, did I enjoy the first episode? I'll say, yeah, it was, it was an all right thing to watch. Um, did the first episode make me interested to see more? I'll throw it a bone here. Um, I think while it didn't like hook me, hook me, I, I kind of liked the style enough and kind of their style of presenting that I could see myself watching a couple more just to see if it stays entertaining. Um, so I guess that's a two overall for me. Dean? Uh, I didn't make a title for the show. Totally forgot to. Um, but scenario interest, I'm going to say no, uh, production impressed me. Yes. I love the style of the show. I just love it. Um, it's really cool. Uh, the storytelling impressed me. Like it's a short, it's really hard for a short to get a point here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to say no, because I didn't think they did anything particularly unique to do a good job telling the story. They just kind of had things happen and it was fast because it's a short, um, did I enjoy episode one? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, am I interested to see more? No. No, I'm not. I don't care. Um, so, what is that, three? Two. I think. Two. Production and enjoyment. Yeah. Um, Flying Babies or Hooling Babies, episode one, baby's first acid tablet. Um. <laughs> uh... I was not interested in the scenario. I was impressed by the production. Uh, same reason as Dean. Not impressed by the storytelling. I did enjoy the first episode, but I don't really care to see any more. It's a two for me overall. Which brings our total for the score to a six or 40%. Which is not bad for a short. No, no it might be one of the higher scoring shorts that we've had. So that's all the shows we have to talk about. So, it is time for our tournament arc. Time for what? Our tournament arc. We interrupt this program to bring you an important message. Tournament arc! Tournament arc! Hi! 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 It's a fucking tournament arc! I forgot to, uh, get some, some isos of nick yelling tournament in last episode (laughs) (laughs) i need those we do have plenty of clips we do so uh (laughs) all right here's how we uh here's how this shit goes down and happens and things have changed a little bit but this is how it goes welcome to the annie files tournament arc season three which will determine our best and worst shows of winter 2019 Right now, we're in the round-robin stage, where each of the shows in today's group will be matched up against every other show, and we'll vote for which of the two shows we would rather watch, not necessarily which one is objectively better. The show with more votes wins, and ties are possible. The two shows with the best overall win-loss record will advance to our 12-show playoffs, which will take place prior to our season recap. The show with the worst overall record will advance to a six-show loser's bracket, 
which will take place at the same time. This season will also have two wild cards in the winner's bracket, which will be the two remaining shows with the best win-loss records across all groups. The loser's bracket will have one wild card, the remaining show with the worst record. The first place finisher in the winner's bracket will be specially featured in our season recap episode, with all of our hosts watching through all the episodes in the season. Additionally, the top three finishers from both brackets will earn spots in our 12-show Anime of the Year Mega Brackets, which will take place at the end of the year. Now, without further ado, let's kick off round one of today's group play. All right, Group B, round one. Our first matchup is Hula-ing Babies versus Domestic Girlfriend. Which one would you rather watch? Girlfriend. Girlfriend. I'm going to be the same. So that is 3-0 in favor of Domestic Girlfriend. All right, matchup number two. We have Boogie Pop and Others versus My Roommate is a Cat. Mm. Boogie Pop. Boogie Pop, yeah. Boogie Pop. So that's going to be 3-0 in favor of Boogie Pop. All right, matchup number three. We have Bermuda Triangle Colorful Pastoral versus Meiji Tokyo Rinka. Anything that's not Bermuda Triangle. Bermuda Triangle. Mmm, this is a tricky one. Uh, I think I'm going to have to agree with Bermuda Triangle. Wow! That's 2-1 in favor of Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> I, I didn't like it, but I really I didn't like Tokyo Renka. If I didn't hate Bermuda Triangle so much, that would have been a harder decision for me. All right, round two. We have My Roommate is a Cat versus Bermuda Triangle. Cat. Cat. Cat for me as well. So that's 3-0 in favor of Cat. All right, next matchup, we have Meiji Tokyo Rinka versus Hula-ing Babies. Hula-ing Babies. Hula-ing Babies. Same. That's 3-0 in favor of Hula. All right, we have Domestic Girlfriend versus Boogie Pop. Oh, God. Domestic Girlfriend. Oh, fuck. I think I'm going to say Boogie Pop. Oh, God. <laughs> you could be the tiebreaker, Ryan. Oh, I think Boogie Pop. Really? Yeah, that one's rough, but I think Boogie Pop just barely edges out Domestic Girlfriend. It's a good point right. to have, that they're both good. Mm -hmm. That's the so thing. the score of 2-1, to one, the match goes to Boogie Pop. All right, round three, first matchup. We have Meiji Tokyo Renka versus My Roommate is a Cat. Roommate. Oh, uh, Cat. All right, 3-0 in favor of Cat. No, he next said matchup. roommate. <laughs> uh, next matchup, we have Bermuda Triangle versus Domestic Girlfriend. Girlfriend. Oh, Domestic Girlfriend. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Same. So 3-0 <laughs> in favor of Domestic Girlfriend. Uh, next matchup in round three, we have Hula Babies versus Boogie Pop. Ah, Boogie Pop. Boogie Pop. Boogie Pop. That's 3-0 in favor of Boogie Pop. All right, round four, first matchup, we have Boogie Pop versus Bermuda Triangle. Ah, uh, Boogie Pop. That was, yeah, Boogie Pop versus Bermuda? Yes. Yeah, Boogie Pop. All right, 3-0 in favor of Boogie Pop. Assuming Dean agrees. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do. 
Cool. It's like I technically didn't hear you say that. So okay. Um, <laughs> domestic girlfriend versus Meiji Tokyo. Uh, girlfriend. Yeah, girlfriend. Same here. So that's three zero in favor of domestic girlfriend. All right, round four, matchup number three. We have my roommate is a cat versus Huling babies. Babies. Cat. I'm gonna say cat as well. So two one in favor of my roommate is a cat. All right, fifth and final round. We have Meiji Tokyo versus Boogie Pop. Boogie Pop. Boogie Pop. Boogie Pop. Three zero in favor of Boogie Pop. All right, round five, matchup number two. We have Hula Babies versus Bermuda Triangle. Babies. Yeah, babies. Same here. So 3-0 in favor of Hulaing Babies. And final matchup of the day, we have My Roommate is a Cat versus Domestic Girlfriend. 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 That's 3-0 in favor of Girlfriend. I feel like the those top two shows were really close to each other but way ahead of everything else oh yeah oh yeah everything else was pretty pretty bad the uh i, I mean with the exception i think personally of cat but um yeah it was it really was no contest the top two are the ones that that are worth it mm-hmm. uh so because this show now has uh, production value um if you're watching the stream you can see the bracket as it's updated live hey uh, but for those of you who are listening, um, advancing in our losers bracket, our worst show, 0 and 5 is Meiji Tokyo Renka. Our second worst show, 1 and 4, Bermuda Triangle. Our third worst show, 2 and 3, Hula Ing Babies. Our third best show, My Roommate is a Cat, uh, it's 3 and 2. And then advancing in the winner's bracket, our second best show, Domestic Girlfriend 4 and 1, and Boogie Pop and Others with a perfect 5 0. Sweet. I need to figure out at some point if it's mathematically possible for the sixth show to not be 0 and 5 or 0 and whatever. Because I've been noticing in a lot of our things, unless there are ties, which kind of throws things off, we very often have the five wins, four wins, three wins, two wins, one win, no wins. And that could just be a matter of like, that's the way they end up being ranked. But I'm, I need to I need to just like kind of do an experiment and see if it's possible to have something other than that. I, I feel like <laughs> with only three of us, it's probably going to fall that way every every time. I, I mean, it is possible. Like we had the three way tie before um but i feel like mm-hmm. that's going to be pretty rare with four of us yeah. like we saw how many ties did we have last episode i think with four no, we of had us, a lot of ties we had and um as far as the number of ties themselves i'm not entirely sure maybe like two or three ish well I mean, if you look at our first place that had a tie second place had three ties third place had two ties fourth place had two ties that episode was so very much like pick your flavor of poison and there were four of us and two of us preferred one style and two the other so we've got strawberry and mint (laughs) the the i think in a situation where we have two good shows i think the uh it's always going to be five and four almost always because the the top show is going to win every time and 
if if the second show is good, it's going to win every time, except against the best, mm -hmm. except against that top show. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been episode 51 of Annie Files. This show is supported by our patrons like Adam, the lazy middle schooler whose only hobby is hula. Adam! Hey! Lazy middle schooler. Thanks for support. You can find this show on (laughs) Apple Podcasts or wherever great podcasts are distributed. Uh, We're on Spotify now. And yeah, we're on Spotify now. Hey! Uh, We live stream this show Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific on Twitch, twitch.tv slash XRC. And then you can find the VOD uh, the following. Sunday, about 24 hours later, on YouTube. The channel is Anifile. If you like us, uh, you also can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Anifiles. We have a Discord where we talk about video games, anime, music, and other things. Uh, link is in the show notes, in the description of the video. There's a command in chat on the Twitch stream. Uh, find that and come hang out with us. <clears throat> uh, we're on Twitter at Files Annie, and this show is a product of Alternative Internet Radio. You can find us and our other great shows at airad.io. Uh, you can follow Altnet Alternative Internet Radio on Twitter at Altnet Radio. I'm your host Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Xerce and on AnnieList if you want to see what anime I'm watching. Uh, user Xerce. Chris, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at K-R-U-E-G-E-R underscore Chris. I'm also the co-host of the Doc and Kruger cast, the official podcast of Doc and Kruger Games. Dean, where can people find you? I can be found on Twitter at Dino Files, just those letters, Dino Files, just those, just nothing else but those letters, just the Dino Files letters. Uh, I can also be found on air. My show, Dino Files, can be found on Alternative Internet Radio. And uh, I write sometimes at the Rogue File, roguefile.com. We'll be back in two weeks on Sunday. Our next recording date is Sunday the 24th, because we had scheduling conflicts that Saturday. Uh, We'll have a a guest next week in Varial is uh, going to join us as we talk about Virtual Son Looking, The Rising of the Shield Hero, Rinshi Akoda-chan, the quintessential kin- <laughs> quintuplets, Rinshi! Kaguya-sama, Love is War, and Rainy Coco Saiji. I'm very interested in quintessential quintuplets. Me too. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm interested <laughs> in the way that I'm expecting it to be, like, trash. Just like more morbid fascination, perhaps. Yeah. I made the mistake of watching, um, watching Mother's Basements. Uh, oh, his tentative best, best of, of the winter. And yeah, yeah, it's on it. Hmm. Really, that's interesting. Yeah, it's on the list. I haven't seen um, so Mother's Basements video, and I haven't seen quintessential quintuplets. As much yet. as as much as I do tend to agree with Mother's Basement, he's also made what we would consider some questionable choices so oh, yeah, man, I, know, if, I agree uh he thought sales at work was great <laughs> i i i like a lot of the videos he does especially the more informative ones or like where he takes the show and dives into it but i stopped paying attention to his opinions the season where he said that 
uh, uh, oh, what's that show that nobody talks about anymore? Catmech? Uh, it's the one, it was the, like, alternative isekai where characters from manga and anime came into our world. Oh, uh, Recreator? Recreator, he, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. in one season, like, a week apart, he made videos where he said that Recreators was going to be the next, like, big classic anime. Mm. And that was, it was obvious that that was not true while that show was airing. Uh, and mm-hmm. he, he cool. said that the anime cool. of the season was going to be Kado the Right Answer, and that show was bad. And everyone hates the ending of that show for being bad, but I love the ending because it just proved how bad the rest of the show actually was. Um, and everyone who thought <laughs> the rest of the show was good was deluding themselves. It's actually the wrong answer. Oh, yeah, Kado, it, it was the wrong answer uh, the, the entire time. It never was the right answer. There was not a point in that show. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to get off that train. Uh, <laughs> Any Files cast, let's say our motto. They're not not related related by by blood. This has been an alternative internet radio production. For more great shows like this, visit AIR at AIRAD.io. That's AIRAD.io. Say call the windmill!